Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Come on down, don't you know, this is our first rodeo, we're here to talk some hello on the one and only Sacred Icon Halo Show. Oh, and we're back. That was, <laughs> that that's was country. Amazing. Was that good? You that said you fantastic. couldn't do country. That is country. I lied because I'm actually really good at country singing, but I don't like country music that much. So <laughs> That was, that was pro- who's, who's yeah. another guy talking, Josh? Right oh, now. ladies and gentlemen, Ian of Halo Cannon has joined us. I'm Jovial Jackie. That's Brian. And there he is right over there. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Great, man. Doing great. I, I can't it's it's like uh, you know, make, to make you feel like you're walking on the red carpet here. It's like we have Halo Cannon on our podcast. What the heck? That's right, man. Very We awesome. weren't even around a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane, man. And you've been going at this for several years, you were just saying uh before we started recording, like eight years you said? Yeah, technically eight years. I consider I've been doing it regularly, regularly for seven though. Man, that's awesome though. Sweet like, legend. Do you have you ever gotten a point where you kind of felt like, like a significant amount of burnout? I always hear like a lot of YouTubers kind of have that, and oh, yeah. they maybe kind of power through. Was there ever like what? What for you has been like the real high point in this time of doing this stuff? Like, was there ever a real significant point where you were just like, it just felt everything was gelling and everything like that? Yeah. Halo 5, like the lead up to Halo 5, absolutely. That's when I did my first, uh, like that was the first time I was doing YouTube at the, uh, prior to, or at the same time a, a big name Halo game was coming out. Because like Spartan Assault had come out by that point. Uh, I still haven't played like, that. Yeah, you- I'd recommend it. It's, it it's, a, it's a good way to kill half an hour or something. But okay. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. But yeah, leading up to that, uh, like... It felt really good. I'd, I'd gotten big enough at that point that I was getting like the early review copies and all this cool early access merch, and I was I also saw this opportunity, like all this new stuff's happening in Halo Five that I've wanted to happen for years. Let's get 
let's get these videos out there in this primer series so people will be ready and whatnot, and I can let people know about all this stuff. It, to this day, it's still probably what like, that's. Those are still some of my fondest memories. Is just, is uh, putting all those together. Even though fun fun story, mm-hmm. the night Halo Five came out, uh, I was going over. I it was what I used to do at the time. Right as I as Halo Five was coming out back in 2015, I'd moved out of my parents' house for the first time, had my own apartment, but I still went over to their to their house to record because they had this small little room in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was perfect. No, very little echo. Um, so it was perfect for recording. But so I go over there the night Halo 5 is supposed to come out to record a video, and the microphone broke. It had uh. been working minutes before my apartment, but somehow in the, in, in the move, from, in the two-minute drive from my apartment to my parents' house, it broke. And I spent like an hour trying to get it to work. Then I had to drive up to the Best Buy, gr- buy a new one by that time it was like 10 at night and it's like i'm not recording in my parents house at 10 at night on a tuesday night uh (laughs) for several reasons i don't remember what i was recording those things are such a buzzkill yeah yeah luckily the one i've had since then uh has not failed me has not failed me once yeah but that was a hell of a night you know the the thing i frequently hear from pretty much everyone despite people's opinions on halo 5 pretty much everybody's like that lead up to halo 5 was freaking yeah. awesome it, yeah. it absolutely was mark one thing that three that three four three absolutely has on point uh or at least has had uh since we can't say yet uh what infinite's marketing is going to look like and how co uh sorry how a certain thing has uh, affected that mm-hmm I mm-hmm. uh, don't want you to get demonetized or something or banned on whatever place you put this since that word is apparently cursed. Mm. <clears throat> but uh, uh, is they definitely know how to market. Like Halo 4, they, there were some issues with the with the mark. I think they gave too much information away with Halo 4, but they also, like, an Ancient Evil Awakens, that is a hell of a tagline to follow up, uh, yeah. finish the fight. And then Halo 5, you had Hunt the Truth. And regardless of your feelings on the final product, I rem- the hype levels then reminded me of Halo 3 and in so many ways. Like, nothing ever... Like, Halo 3 feels like... Or just 2007 to 2010. That feels God-tier. like... That was the god tier yeah. of video game pre-release hype. And yep. 2015 felt like the first time... Uh, I agree. That, that, ...that we'd ever gotten back to something like that. Yeah, I, I, I can actually recall... Um, I don't know if you remember... you remember that one trailer? Either of you guys remember... The trailer for Halo Five, where it was Muse was playing in the background. Yep. Uh, no one's Knights of Sidonia, right? Oh yes. And uh, I remember, like, when I saw that trailer, it was done so well. I was so hyped. I remember being at work as an adult, living on my own, and um, like downloading the song from Muse, listening on repeat, walking around work, just fantasizing about playing Halo Five. And I also had requested a whole week off of work for Halo Five, and everyone yeah, there I did just that thought. Too. Yeah, everyone. Everyone was just giving me so much crap about how like how immature I was taking off for a yeah. for a game, and I'm like, hey, I earned this time. Like, you guys go uh, fishing, you know? I'm Halo Five, and I was just so stoked. I mean, the marketing was just, and I was listening to the Hunt the Truth podcast and everything. Oh my god, incredible! Yeah, I for me that was big too. But uh, I was going to ask you, Ian, because you've been you know part of the community for far much longer than we have. Was that a pretty cool time? Like the, the I'd say like 2014, you know prior to, like, MCC releasing up until Halo 5. Was that, like, a really huge time, you know, compared to, like, I guess, prior to... Like, around the Halo 4 time, do you feel like it was a kind of a significant time of news? Because we also had, like, Halo Nightfall oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there was just, there was so much going on in that period. Uh, it was... 
it, in a lot of ways, it, it felt like Halo was... I guess you could kind of like back in the Halo Three days. Uh, somebody and I, for the life of me, I wish I could remember who did, who made this comparison. Um, I, I think it was in some in some newspaper, but they like basically said that Halo is the video game equivalent to Star Wars, and that has stuck with me ever since then. And like 2015, that that's what that felt like. That felt like Halo is really becoming that Star Wars. It's, it's yeah. expanding out in all these yeah. different in all these different directions, and we got the Halo TV show eventually coming. Even back then, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy long time. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's hard. None of us here can say that we have or we're completely separated from bias. But to me, in in the video game industry. When I think of like deep, sprawling lore, sci-fi adventure, like on the comparison of Star Wars, I don't feel like anything touches it but Halo. You know? Yeah. And that's not to say it's objectively the best game or best series. Oh, no, yeah. It's just to say I, I just don't, I can't think of anything on that level. Um, and the way that they've, and you know, we, people like to, you know, negativity is brought up more often than positivity. So you hear about all the ways that it's been fumbled. But I think Microsoft really, really cares for the IP. And the way that they, uh, you know, they've never they've never fully let Hollywood just take the the IP and run away with it for any kind of movie they want to make. You know, Microsoft's always wanted to make if if we're gonna do a Halo movie, we want it to be true to our to our stuff. Yep. You know, and like when uh, Bungie left, they could have just as easily said, you know, hey, all you AAA developers, here's the Halo IP, make games and pay us tons of money royalties. But yeah. Instead, they created that internal studio, and 343's done everything it can to make you know to treat it like the special universe it is. So. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, and I think uh, when I look back to Halo Three, it's like I, I I'll tell this to friends who aren't as big into Halo, and sometimes I'll get like scoffed at a bit. But <laughs> like when it comes to like the hype, the lead up for Halo Three, I feel. Well, I'll say this: I feel like there's more games out there that might be better, you know, than Halo Three or any Halo game, you know. But when it comes to the hype and just the anticipation for a game. I've never. I don't think it'll ever. Any game could ever top what there it was. Seemed Halo unreal. 3. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. I feel like it was everywhere. You could go and mention Halo Three, and even people who didn't know about it had heard of it. You know, because of it. Like I remember, like, I remember in school when, and just having classmates yeah. talk about it randomly. You know. Yeah. I remember that. I remember when the game finally came out. Like, how it felt like the school was half empty back. <laughs> My high school was half empty because people had. Called in sick or uh, yeah. faked being sick or something or just maybe even just ditch school straight up to to yeah. play Halo Three. I mean, movie theaters were losing money. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was it was I, insane. Yeah, I forget about that sometimes. You're right. I think that was a thing. I think it's kind of like you know I think it's kind of like that was the first that was the first moment for the gaming industry that was like huge multimedia huge on the level of something like Star Wars and cinema. Mm-hmm. Like Halo 3 was kind of the first time that it had apex to that and it had right. opened up, you know, so many different it wasn't just your hardcore gamers anymore. It became this like really cool, really good thing that would kind of went mainstream. Um but yeah, if I could uh go into the I love that we talked about Halo 5 and kind of like how we felt about that hype because that kind of ties into the main topic at hand that I wanted to bring up. Um, for all you guys listening, I'm sure you've heard by now that the Banished are confirmed to be uh, antagonists in Halo Infinite. And um, Josh and I have spoke many times in the past on the podcast about how you know everybody should prepare their expectations for Halo Infinite because 
you know, there could be things that are good, things that are bad. There could be even things that, like, you'd think everyone would love and have no problems with, but there's still going to be people who, who had a different idea for it, a different direction. And that's okay, and that's just as valid, uh, even if you are in the minority. I know a lot of times people say minority. They, they, they say minority like it means your, your opinion's discounted, but yeah. it's not. Um, and... To preface, uh, I, I know that uh, Ian does enjoy The Banished, and I'm going to let him speak here in a moment, but basically when that came out, and correct me if I'm misrepresenting you at all, Ian, uh, you were kind of expressing that while The Banished are cool and like you're, you you could potentially like seeing them in Infinite, you're really worried that the, the storyline that Halo 5 was setting up with the created and Cortana might just get swept under the rug or forgotten. Is that is that right? That's a much more polite way to put how I initially reacted, absolutely. That's certainly what I said. It's kind of funny because I think it was it might have been exactly almost exactly a week before that teaser came out. I put out this video called "How Infinite Should Handle Its Enemies," um, which was essentially born from this from the same concern because at that point we'd seen all these leaks. Uh, by this point, uh, they're they've been officially shown off by Megablocks, but all these leaks of uh, Halo Infinite sets, a lot of which featured what looked like Banished. And mm -hmm. there were even, I think there was like a, a couple leaked catalog listings that had uh, the Banished Skiff specifically and the Banished Banshee, if memory serves. Yeah. But so, yeah, I was, and I was concerned, you know, why, why, is it, why is it all that we're seeing the Banished? And then the teaser comes out and I have, well, I, I will, I'll say that my feelings have not changed. Mm -hmm. The way I express them, as you said, you were talking about this before uh, we started recording. Uh, one of the things you guys like to do is even when you get negative, you want to be constructive. And that's, that's something that I have tried to do at the very least on my YouTube channel. That's, I try, that's what I try to do is even if I'm going to get negative, it's like, well, here's, like how, here's a constructive alternative or something like that. Yeah, tr try to give some kind of alternate idea or some feedback sure. beyond this sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> on Twitter, at times, more often than I would like, uh, my response will be uh, to, th to certain announcements, this sucks. <laughs> it's hard not to be impulsive when yeah. you're, you know, you're passionate about something and Twitter so easy to... Uh, I mean, I, I, can, I find myself all the time on Sacred Icon Halo like trying to... Like typing something out and being like... No, like you didn't think this through. That's not really a positive spin. That's happened like, so many times where I'll, yeah. I'll type. Like, and that's actually, I, I find that to be very ther therapeutic sometimes is I'll type out a response uh, or a tweet of some kind. And then I'll be like, okay, that felt good to get it out. Delete. Yeah. And then other times <laughs> I, I tweet, man, sometimes I just want to mute the word halo. <laughs> Yeah. Like even though you didn't like hit enter or send or whatever, it's oh that time I did. That time there. I did. Oh okay. That time I did hit enter. I did. Uh, did you did you see June. his post? Did you see his post about when the banished were released, Josh? I don't think I have. I'm gonna check that while you guys are okay, talking. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. But basically, I said. Yeah. I said I was concerned. I I'd have all the I'd have all these concern or I had all these concerns about the about uh, preserving narrative integrity. Well, that there it goes down the drain. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. which I think, and before, because I want I want I want to let you run away with this, Ian, and, and tell us what what kind of direction you would have liked to see. But I think um, there's a conversation to be had about um, when it comes to telling a story and a narrative. I think even if let's say you're somebody who absolutely hates the direction they were taking five story, I know there's a lot of people in that camp. I think there's something to be said about when you set up a narrative, even if it's not well received. You know, you want to have the integrity to, to finish it out, you know, to show that you had 
you had the um, you at least had a little bit of uh, belief in your own story to carry it out despite the backlash. So I, I think there's some integrity there in, in finishing it. But then there's a whole other conversation of this is a game, this is a product. They need to make money. They need to sell. They need to please fans. And would continuing that narrative um, in a typical way uh, do that? Um, but anyways, Ian, uh, yeah, let let you take it away. Um, what would you? What did you kind of want to see? And what do you want them to touch on with with the, that arc in, in Infinite? That's honestly a really good question because I, I and I, I I've said this. I I was not satisfied with uh, the way Halo Five played out. I don't really. I'm not. I don't. I don't dislike the 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 idea of the created as much as some parts of the community do. Uh, like a lot of people ref- like compare it to Terminator and Skynet, and honestly, like in my own mind, not to go too far off on the tangent here, like the creator doesn't feel very much like a traditional AI uprising to me. And I think like it's not you know we want to wipe out humanity. It's oh we want to we want to embedder uh, or we. Yeah, that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Like they want to police <laughs> we, it to be better. We want right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like it, improve it through improve it through fa- through fascism essentially, <laughs> or uh, a dictatorship might be the better word in that case. Uh, but and yeah, I don't know exactly how I would have liked to see the created storyline play out. And you know, to be clear, I think you said this on record already. Um, if not, I'll just say it here. We don't know for sure that the created aren't going to be in right. in infinite. It's mm-hmm. if three four three's marketing strategy right now is to get people hyped up with the banished and then kind of have as as some people have suggested actually in response to my own tweet uh, to my reaction back on a couple a week and a half ago, uh, if their plan is to kind of have the created play the part of the flood where it's like you don't know that this is coming but there actually are going to be in there. That's cool. That would yeah that would yeah like they like they they make some kind of surprise yeah. return, like show up later. Or after the story has started in some manner, uh, it also kind of make a like a Promethean Halo Four comparison. Had we not known that the Prometheans were going to be a thing, Man, <laughs> like, if, you go, if you were to go into Halo Four blind with no knowledge, like just straight from three to four with no knowledge of what happens in Halo Four what, or any of the marketing, the Prometheans would be this huge like what moment would, for it's you? It's true. Yeah, they gotta, really they really advertise them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, it's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> Ask you real quick, how would you, how do you how would you feel if they end up doing something like that that kind of mirrors the combat evolve sort of twist like the people were suggesting? How how would that make you feel? It like with any, with anything, it depends ex- on how exactly they do it. But in theory, I wouldn't mind that idea. Like okay. if you're fighting the banished early on, and maybe you know maybe there's uh, there have been hints in like some of these mega block sets. Like you have things called grunt con- conscript and jackal freebooter and elite mercenary. Maybe we're not. It's not pure banished. You know, banished is maybe one faction that we're they're fighting, and then there are these freelance former Covenant species running around too. But you're fighting them, and then all of a sudden, uh, Cortana and the Guardians show up, and you know, everything Pretty changes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, that our, would be um, a go good ahead, idea. The, the the main thing that I'm concerned about is just I I want to see the the created storyline finished. I want it to be given a proper ending. In the game, I don't want another. This is the comparison I've made recently. I don't want another Janus Key incident where it's shoved into the expanded universe and resolved off there, um, and and especially in some unceremonious way like the Janus Key storyline was 
was done. That was done real dirty. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point, um, Ian, because, and I, I've told Josh about this because he wasn't as heavily involved in the Halo community when Halo 4 came out as I was. Right. Um, you know, there's this narrative now that Halo 4 has a really great campaign and story, a bad multiplayer, and Halo 5 has a bad campaign and story and a great multiplayer. For but, the record, I said that back when Halo 5 came out. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It's on record. No. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I agree with you. Like, I and I don't, on the on the, the episode with Haruspis, I told him I was like, um, you know, the reason I found Haruspis is because I loved Halo Four from the moment it came out, and I was trying to find somebody to relate to me. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, you still there, Ian? Just had to take a swig there. Oh no oh, problem. No problem. You're good. Um, but uh, so the thing I tell Josh is because he's he didn't really notice this is that when Halo Four came out. People hated the story. People hated the campaign. I mean, that that it was, was certainly the pos- the or sorry the prominent uh, the prominent yeah. narrative at the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was all over the place about how stupid the story was, how characters didn't act right, how people hated the didact, blah 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 blah. So nowadays, when people like look back on it and say, "Oh, it was so good," I can't imagine that there's not some that people at three four three shaking their heads, going, "You know what? You know, we had something really good with Halo Four, but." We we got so much negative feedback. We we cha- we altered course. We changed because, like you you said, Ian, with the Janus key and Spartan Ops and everything else, they were definitely leading in one direction. But I think all the backlash to Halo Four made them go in a different direction with Five, and now we're in the same situation again. Where eventually, uh, yeah, where Five has a Five has a uh, a story that people are complaining about, and everyone's saying we didn't like that. Gloss over it. Go into the Banish. Let's do something else. We hate that. And Spartan Lock. Yeah, kill Spartan Lock. We don't like him, you know? And it's like, that's exactly what happened with Halo 4. And now we look back on Halo 4 and we're like, man, they had a lot of good setup there, like a lot of potential to really make something special out of well, what was a trilogy at the time. You know? So, well, yeah, that's what do you think, think about that, Ian? Oh, go ahead. Or go, Josh, anybody. You're all Yeah, Josh, you, you want to say you're... Oh, I was just going to say uh, that... You know, it's it's weird listening to you guys as someone who's not as uh, who's not put in as much time getting to know some of the lore as you guys have. Like, it's weird because when I look at Halo Four to Halo Five, I feel like story wise, it was very much a, a, a good continuation. I didn't feel like they really cut stuff out unless you think of like Spartan Ops or something. But when I listen, when I I mean, I read Escalation just recently mm. and all that stuff about the Janus Key and whatnot, and like, yeah, there is some stuff that it, it seems like there was a little bit of pullback on. But like, if you just play the games, you don't kind of seek out the uh, you know, expanded universe, I guess, if you will, you know, you don't really notice that stuff, but I guess that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've said before, uh, at, at least in some online conversations, I don't know if I've ever said this in a video or not, but like Halo five, if you played Spartan ops kind of doesn't make, there's like, there's a, there's a huge gap in there that, that doesn't make sense. But if you go straight from Halo four, right into Halo five, and especially if you were to skip the first level, I think of Halo Five, I think you'd probably be you'd probably be better off than somebody who had played all through Spartan Ops. I and, agree with that, and, oh. and uh, you know, hypothetically, didn't read uh, Escalation. Okay. Which I think uh, of the crowd that played Spartan Ops and went to Halo Five, I think the majority probably didn't read those comics. So yeah, yeah, I didn't at the time. So yeah, yeah. So it's like if you had played Spartan Ops, it's like wait a minute, where's the Janus key? Why is Halsey all nice now? And Jesus, what did they just do to Jewel? And then if you yeah. but if you uh, if you go straight from Halo Halo Four to Halo Five, you might have a few of those questions. But they drop they drop uh, Julem Dama so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
that <laughs> you know, once you, you you know you can kind of just gloss that over go right to the second level and it's like oh, okay so now I'm back to back to the narrative whatever yeah if they hypothetically Janice Key what yeah right if they hypothetically do something like that I mean we, we kind of touched on it earlier but if they do something like that for Halo Infinite you know uh, regarding all this stuff that five kind of left us uh, wondering about like is that gonna if they kind of follow a similar route to what they did with Jewel is that really gonna like bother you as a fan did you do you want like a whole story kind of like really touching upon this and expanding upon this or do you would you be fine if it's kind of like something that maybe halfway is kind of like you know they wash their hands clean of how, how are you gonna feel about that stuff my main thing is I want it, I want the the created storyline to be resolved in game and hopefully in a way that's satisfying and flows naturally into uh, whatever their they're trying to set up with infinite because to be clear uh at least in my experience i think a lot of people have missed this when infinite was announced uh 343 i can't remember exactly where i need to find this quote again someday but they said that halo infinite is the start of the next 10 years of halo if memory serves yeah but it's like it's the start it's the start of a new saga so it's not the end of the reclaimer trilogy or the reclaimer saga sorry uh as as some people might think it's 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 the start of, it's the start of a new chapter of Halo, uh, so they were like he basically said we, we it's basically we had these quick these growing pains with Halo four and five and then Halo Infinite is kind of like okay, we fi- we th- I think we figured it out mm-hmm. and now yeah. let's start our let's start our new narrative arc. So if we can wrap up the created in a satisfying way that leads into whatever is going what is happening now or what's whatever they're setting up planning to do. That I think that that would be my bare minimum hope. Yeah. Okay. So I have like a it's on topic, but it's kind of a sub sub off topic. I'm just going to ask you this question so I can kind of segue into more. Um, what are your thoughts? And maybe you've expressed this in a video already that you could definitely point us to 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 watch. What are your thoughts on the hidden Cortana audio clip from the trailer and how that plays into the created story? In your opinion, what do you think that's a that good is? question? Because that's something I I uh, I kind of talk about this. For one thing, I, I did actually uh, talk about the Hidden Cortana audio back when it came out. Um, I couldn't tell you the name of the, the video right now. Um, it, it pro- I'm sure if you look up Halo Cannon Hidden Cortana mm-hmm. audio, it might or maybe we Cortana could tag audio, it to the podcast probably, after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that my thoughts on that are definitely out there. Um, but I also talk about it in my breakdown of the the banished re- uh, the banished teaser recently. Cortana is obviously in the game in some capacity in a central capacity. We uh, almost. I, I think that's seems that without way. saying. Yeah, safe assumption. Um, yeah, yeah. But her presence doesn't necessarily mean the created are there. Like maybe the created somehow gets resolved off screen. Like some people have actually said that it might be resolved in the upcoming book Shadows of Reach. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. That w- like y- you want to talk about um, like re- relegating stuff to books. I don't think. I think. 343 has been pretty adamant about keeping certain things in, you know, their swim lanes. Books relate to books and games relate to games kind of stuff with less crossover than they originally had Intended. hoped or, or talked about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But, uh, you know, maybe we jump into Halo Infinite and uh, the creatives have been resolved in some way. And, you know, now Chief has to deal with Cortana for whatever reason and however that ends up happening. So, well, well uh, I kind of have, tell me what you think of, of this, of this idea, Ian. I kind of had this idea that maybe, um, and I know some of this, um, other people have already touched on, I'm kind of taking their ideas and, and adapting it. 
Um, but maybe you know this is this takes place. Have they confirmed how many is this, how many years this takes place after five? Not one hundred percent. The latest date we have, if memory serves, is September nineteenth, twenty five sixty one. So just so just under three years after Halo five, and that comes from the HUD boot up sequence uh, from last year's trailer. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So that so, was like the last date that Halsey modified uh, John's bios for Mjolnir. My my kind of idea, and just be completely honest with me, Ian, if this would if you'd like this or if this would just be awful, is um, maybe the the uh, the created you know war incident or whatever you know really left humanity in a very bad con- uh, condition. That's why we see like an older model of the assault rifle used, I think, in the trailer. Yeah, um, same and, Yeah, and uh, maybe like you know the hum- humanity's kind of run down, and maybe Cortana's guardians are still out there policing the galaxy, and something to do with that is why we're at this broken Zeta Halo. And, you know, like you said earlier, maybe the Banished are a primary faction that we fight, but maybe in the background there's a very real presence of the created still being this overlord-type threat. And that could be... Maybe it wouldn't be as front and center as much as, like, fighting them in combat, but it but the world would definitely speak speak of how it's a, a big deal. Is that something you could see happening, or that doesn't really doesn't really work for you i could see that happening and i could get behind that at least in theory uh you know just not to sound like a broken record i don't know how many times i've actually said this i think it's only been once but whatever sorry i rambled <laughs> no uh, you're good go you for know, it it all depends on how on how things are handled yeah uh, the way you presented at least that actually sounds intriguing and it you know it kind of sparks in me this idea like oh that'd be a cool way to kind of reintroduce the created because you could have them doing all this stuff in the background and slowly become more of a central threat uh at least as far as the uh as far as the player is concerned mm-hmm. uh so yeah i, I want to ask uh one second you gosh, get, get yeah you go for it man um one thing i think that we're we're probably not being as fair on is if i know that halo 5's narrative was was a bit lackluster for for many of us but the whole created thing kind of came to fruition and, and cropped up in the last what hour of the game or less of Halo Five, like it really something kinda, like that, yeah. It really kind of coalesced right there at the end, and then it, it cut, and then due to the backlash, we haven't had a ton of material talking about the created. So, despite how many say, you know, oh, it was a it was a sci-fi channel idea. It was like sci-fi or like um like you said, Skynet from from Terminator. Yeah. We didn't really ever give three four three a chance past that that ending of five to prove that they could do something interesting with that. Yeah, and I, and I recall. I recall many people at 343, I think it was Frank O'Connor, I, I remember saying it the most, he was saying, once you play Halo 5, uh, the universe of Halo is going to be different from now on. Like, as you know it, it will not be the same from what happens in Halo 5. And that's kind of what they showed at the end of 5, is like, boom, things are changing, things are different, game ends, and I think, you know, the intention was everyone's going to go, whoa, you know, I can't wait to play the next one, but instead yeah, it was much of a... they wanted that Halo 2 moment. Yeah, but instead it was much of a, mm, I was disappointed and I hate this. The opposite but, of the Halo 2 moment. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really give, yeah, we didn't really give them... It wasn't even to, the Halo 2 throw throw my controller at the at the screen moment. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was yeah. a what? It was, uh, it, was, it was, instead of finishing this fight, it was, took you long enough. <laughs> no, didn't quite resonate the same. But, but like so, I'm saying, I, I, you know, I think... Just talking to you, Ian, you've kind of opened my my mind more to the idea of um, the created having their their, their storyline more more touched on. Because um, I know, I think, and Josh, tell me if I'm not representing you properly, but I'm pretty sure in earlier episodes we You're kind not of not Brian. No. We kind of agreed, and you kind of said like, 
let's just kind of wrap the created thing up quickly so we can move on to something better. I think we've said that in prior episodes. Yeah. And it's not so much that, you know, um, I think Josh and I have made it clear that we're not like sticklers, that we have to have it our way. We know this game is made for a lot of people. It's not made for us. So we are very open-minded. But I think if it was done right, we could be happy with it continuing. And I think there is something to be said that if they just go banish of the threat and create it's over with, you know, that's going to be that's going to be kind of a sore thumb in the, in the lore, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's something I think just listening to both of you two talk it makes me realize I'm a bit uh, wrong in a sense for thinking that because it's like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, part of me does kind of want that, but the other part of me says like, look what happened with Julum Dama, and I feel, I mean, it, it just. I don't think anyone really liked how that happened. You had him be built up so much in uh, Spartan Ops, and you had him in Escalation and all this stuff. And you think he's going to be? Go ahead. I was like, I was just going to say, like, I, I've, I don't want to say I've defended, I've defended three four three's decision, but I've never actually like, I, I've been the guy that's like, eh, it, it sucks that he got cut short, but he wasn't really developed that much. That's true. So. Like that—that that was my biggest issue with, with Jewel. With Jewel, just to go off on a brief tangent there, like yeah. it, it was hard for me to feel like angry at that decision to kill him because he just kind of—he—they he, hadn't done any like enough with him for me to latch on. His presence in the books, like he—he he appears in the first two of the Kilo Five trilogy of books, which were supposed to be these big, this big lead into Halo Four alongside the Forerunner trilogy. Uh, and that he like he, first, he appears in the first two, and then the third book just ditches him entirely, all, along with a lot of plot points. And correct uh, me if I'm wrong, Ian, but to someone who, like you said earlier, if someone who just played Halo 4's main campaign and then went right into five, he probably just seems like a random elite. Yeah, exactly. And then well, like true. his presence in Spartan Ops is, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's very generic bad guy. It's it mm-hmm. one dimensional. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Gek was a more interesting was more interesting to me than Julem Dama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I oh. wanted to be more invested in Julem Dama, but it just wasn't there for me. But sorry, I, but I, no, you're fine. No, I, I, it's, it's good. It's good hearing that stuff because yeah. it opens up my eyes a bit. Because I think like. Like I said, there's the part of me that kind of wants some of that stuff from Halo 5 and whatnot to be wrapped up early in Infinite so it can kind of tell its own story. But the other part of me thinks, you know what, I could very much see myself getting a year or two past Halo Infinite being out and saying, wow, they just kind of, they build all that up in Halo 5 and then mm-hmm. just to get rid of it. You know, I could see myself complaining about the very thing I wanted. You know, and you think, so. you think about it, Josh, and how many different episodes of the podcast have we brought up Star Wars and said, hey, look... You know, the the Star Wars fan base at large said, we hate the prequels, do everything opposite. And then Disney does the sequels, and now you see nothing but praise for the prequels. You know, so it's just... At least they had a vision. Yeah, you know, so it's just like... <laughs> that's the tagline. That's the yeah. thing with, uh, with Halo now. It's like, yeah, maybe it seems like right now, like The Force Awakens, when that came out, everyone was like, you know, more or less, everyone was like, woo, Star Wars is back, this is awesome. You know, if Halo Infinite just kind of does like a a retelling, soft telling of like Combat Evolved all over again and it kind of glosses over the created. A lot of people are going to go, man, Halo's back. This is fun. This is traditional. I'm nostalgic. I love this. But then, you know, as time goes on, just like with Force Awakens and the rest of the sequel trilogy, people go, you know, the, this isn't really a, that interesting of an idea. And just like the prequels, people look back at Halo 4 and 5 and say, man, 343 really had a lot of ambitious yeah. ideas there. I was going to say, I think, that's, I think that's a problem with everything is you when you have those expectations and that hype, and you get it, and initially, it's, I think for most people, with something they've been looking forward to, it's usually fun. 
and then it it's the after experience where you start to realize like after you've let it gel in your mind a bit and sift and process that you're like I didn't like this or I didn't like that. That at least happened with Star Wars, whether it was the prequels or the sequels. You know, you saw people at first that were like, these are awesome. And then it was after where this discourse started to like foster on the internet of this, like Jar Jar is terrible or this is a recycle of uh, a new hope and stuff like that. And I think, I mean, it sounds like Halo 4 was a little bit different. I mean, like Brian said, I wasn't there before. But I just think it's funny now because I see people who are literally like, I hate Rose Tico. Jar Jar's the best. Yeah, oh God. everything. So much hatred for Jar Jar. I was gonna say, love him. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of when people have those opinions because yeah. it's like, it's like you only like it now because in your mind it's better than what we currently have. Yeah, and how like, many times have we said, Josh, we're like, just wait a couple, wait till Infinite's been out for a couple years. People are gonna go, man, Halo Four and Five, those were the good times, you know? Yeah, someone's really gonna be like, Halo Five wasn't actually that bad. It's like, well, yeah, you could have appreciated it more, you know, when it was like yeah. relevant. But I was gonna ask you guys too to kind of bring it back on the banished a bit. You know, speaking of Star Wars, I feel like more often than not, when figures get leaked or promoted before the films have come out, we see a lot of figures and a lot of speculation fosters as to whether or not, you know, the roles these characters are going to play in the films. And a lot of times they're very minor, you know, and they're very forgettable characters. There was one in Force Awakens named Constable Zuvio, and he didn't even show up in the film. You know, but he was in the very first line of toy releases. So wow. regarding the banished, I mean, do you guys do you, both you guys think there's potential that this is more of a sort of like, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like stealth hyping um, these the, the banished in a sense. I'm not saying they're deliberately doing that but in terms of promoting it. Do you think there's potential that the banished might not actually be a major threat in the game? They could be something minor, but they maybe want to save whatever the more important stuff is and promote something that's not going to be as revealing per se. That, ahead, per- that certainly could that certainly could be the case. Uh, I, I was kind of getting at this earlier when I was talking about like uh, the whole possible creative playing the role of the flood. Uh, it's like you know draw people in with the banished. It's this nice central villain we can advertise, and of course let Mega Blocks go crazy with mm-hmm. uh, that. Like that's one thing. Like, um, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the statement from Brian Gerard. Yeah. Uh, about the Mega Blocks sets. Yeah, it's like you know. It, it kind of just reinforces something that uh, a lot of people who are familiar with Mega have been saying. Um, there are people much more familiar with than me with this, too. I want to be be clear. I'm kind of a layman by comparison to, to others, but I think some of them would agree. Uh, Mega has allowed a lot of leeway when it comes to their sets. Like I imagine for, for some of these, because uh, it seems like it's been the case for older sets, uh, 343 said, here's like some core ideas just go have fun. And, you know, like, like actually, this is a good one. Uh, back when Halo Wars 2 was out and they were making sets for that, there's a banished set that comes with a banished jackal. But, you know, jackals never appear in Halo Wars 2. They're not part of the banished, right? Well, whether they are or not, this is what Mega Bloks put out because they thought it would be a cool set to put out. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. And, yeah, I didn't... You know, that, that could be happening with, with Infinite. I... See... I'll, yeah, I have so much right. trouble. I have so much trouble getting in the headspace of three four three because, like, bottom line, despite what anyone else says, I think three four three are incredibly smart, talented people who can could, can literally do anything um, with the tools that are given to them. But I don't, I, because I, they don't talk, you know, they don't tell us the fans what their internal behind the scenes headspace is. But like, I'm trying to picture like 
if if I if they went to the drawing board and said, okay, Halo Five was too convoluted, people didn't like it, and they just said, let's give people a traditional Halo experience at the expense of the whole universe. Like if if that was what they said, then I very much could believe we're just basically fighting banished on a Halo ring this whole game. If they're just trying to bring it back to basics, to to simplify it and make it sell and make people happy, I could see that being it. But then there's the other part of me that goes. 343 is the company that really was like paramount on the universe and the lore and interconnecting stuff. And I know they've learned the hard way that they can't put like five crucial books of information outside of the game. But um, I just feel like they're a company that they, they love the lore, they love the universe. And I, I have a hard time believing that they would um, sacrifice it all for a, a, a Force Awakens styled, you know, let's repeat Halo 1 over and over again. Um so I just don't know that like what do you, what kind of headspace do you think they're in? Ian? do you think we're more likely to see crazy stuff that's that's out there and unique, or just very tame this time around? That's honestly something that I've been trying to wrap my head around too. Um, and like, I know that there are people there because you know, I've I've gotten to meet several of the the people there. They're they're very passionate about Halo. Um, they they love the universe. The people that are working on it, they love. Uh, like on the products team, they they have an absolute blast trying to think about you know what what's the, what's the next cool thing we can we can make for these for our fans and that's awesome. Uh, whatnot. They they the the levels of passion there are ab- are absolutely these these guys are Halo fans. That's the best way to put it. They are absolutely Halo mm-hmm. fans, and you have to be very cynical to doubt that uh, to be polite about it. Mm-hmm. But. At the same time, as you you said earlier, like this is a product they have to they kind of kind of have to hit that mass appeal. So I, I'm not I don't think that they're going to go like they're going for let's just repeat Halo One. There I don't think we're going to we're necessarily going to see a Force Awakens or God forbid a uh, Rise of Skywalker style incident. <laughs> <laughs> um, the dead speak. I know jo- yeah. Josh has been very vocal on <laughs> this podcast about how he 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 wants new experiences. Even if they drop the ball here and there, a new story is much more interesting than just drudging up the past and, and repeating yep. it. So, like as, as for as many issues as I have with Halo Five, I at the very least I can appreciate. Like I have a I, there's a lot of stuff I think there is to to love, even if the overall like the sum of its parts isn't great, yeah. but. Yeah. There, it's a lot of new ideas. I still like the core idea of bringing Blue Team in, even if it was done terribly. I like, I honestly, I like Osiris, even though I think, uh, what were they called? Uh, Fireteam Majestic with Gabriel Thorne from Spartan Ops mm-hmm. should, have been, should have played that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think Guardian, bringing in Guardians were a cool, were, was a great concept, even if they have a stupid face for some reason. <laughs> I think the Guardians look awesome, except their faces. Yeah, like, if it, like, the end of Halo Wars Two, the the after credits ending when Anders's ring is pulled out of slip space, and she sees just the silhouette of the Guardian with its lights up. That is the fo- one time that Guardians have felt threatening, and I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, oh, and it it's makes because me excited, you can't dude. see their stupid face. <laughs> yeah, As someone who hasn't played Halo Wars Two but knows a little bit about that stuff, uh, that makes me super excited. Uh, go. I'd say if you like, if you if you have no, don't intend to actually sit down and play Halo Wars, which you know I understand. RTS. Oh, he totally he he totally does. Yeah. He just beat one. He wants to play two. Okay, yeah. good. Then I won't. Then you know what? Okay. You have fun with that. And I'm sorry yeah, no, but I'm excited that. to see that. No, I, that's I, I, I like that they seem more threatening. Man, so, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's all good. 
We had, I had to con- yeah. I had to convince I had to hype it up for Josh, so I, I spoiled some of it. But he's he's on board the Halo Wars train now. Okay, sure. well I hope you enjoy yourself, man. Yeah, I uh, think I'll have fun. I think yeah. I'm, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready. If you're really enjoying the if you really enjoy diving into the into the lore, they have the Phoenix logs, which is kind of like their own version of the Codex. So yes, they, uh, I saw somebody talking about that recently, and I was like, I really want to read that, like see that. Yeah, stuff. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Okay. Uh, if you want to be a pleb and not search for them in game, you can always read it. <laughs> but yeah, I you know. I think, it, no, I'm excited to experience it because I, I just playing the first one after all this time. It was like I feel like I feel like I was missing out on this like core part of Halo, even though it's I know it's a side story, right? But yeah, Halo Wars Two had so much hype behind it, and I, I hear so many positive things about the art direction, and I just. I want to. I want to experience that. I, I'm ready to experience that going. For people Halo. that did not like what three four three did to the the art direction of Halo, thank you by the way for saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it was very much it was a breath of fresh air is a pr- probably the best way to put it, and it, it, it is a beautiful looking game. The designs in there are absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, some of them are a return to uh, what. I would say, well, I'm not going to get into my pedantic shit about that. <laughs> our, good, return to, our return to classic direction and other ones are, are all new. And there's even some returning uh, 343 era designs here and there. You know, it's, a, it's a beautiful mix in a lot of ways. Uh, Which seems to be better, carried forward for Infinite, doesn't it? Is that, yeah. is that in 4K HDR? I don't remember. I think so. I think it's Xbox One enhanced or Xbox One X enhanced, enhanced okay, but I cool. can't remember honestly. Okay. You know, it it always uh, it always surprises me when I. Oh sit- yeah, it absolutely is 4K because okay. uh, Hidden Xperia back when the game was coming out, he put out a 4K video of him playing it on PC. Okay. So uh, okay. you know, if it's if it's not for at the very if it's not on 4K in Xbox One, I'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. It should be on the Xbox One X for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it always it always surprises me when I when I really sit and think about Halo Five. I'm like, you know, that game is so polished and so bug free, and it has a great multiplayer suite, and it's just like the cutscenes are beautiful. Uh, and I just think it's such it's such a high quality, well put together game that. And I know this isn't a new take because I know plenty of people said this before, but it's like if it didn't have the the Halo name associated to it, how many people would have liked? Like if that was a new IP with a similar story and just not Halo. How many people would have been really impressed with that game? You know, yeah, they probably would have. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's it really well done. I've even heard like some of Halo 4's most ardent uh, haters uh, say like, "Oh, Halo 4 is a good game. It just shouldn't. Ha- it's just not a good Halo game." Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's definitely heard, fair. I've heard I mean, a lot. go ahead. No, uh, go I was ahead, gonna Josh. say like, I think that was for me. Like, I I was so out of touch with the lore going into Halo Five. Like, I knew it, Brian had caught me up on so much stuff. And then I went into it, and I was still kind of confused a little bit personally. But then I went into the multiplayer, and I loved it. And the thing I've, I've always personally, I said, bring up the multiplayer a lot because for me, that kind of like helps enhance the Halo experience. Like I got into Halo because of the story, but the multiplayer, uh, I love the maps and, and sort of the little bios, you know, you sometimes see on them yeah. because they make it feel like this This is a part of a world. It's, it's not segregated from the story or the world's in there. It's actually part of it. Don't, or this don't is, worry, Ian. Despite him being a multiplayer guy, it's it's me talking about the lore that brought him back. So. <laughs> the yes. lore definitely matters to Josh. Yes. No, I'll tell you if, yeah. you, if you like those map descriptions, you'll love Halo Wars 2 because each each multiplayer map has a Phoenix log, which essentially, so essentially has like a whole like couple paragraphs of backstory, which I would love to see that like carry for, carried forward to Halo. Hell yeah, cool. man. Give That'd be each awesome. map that like, 
Yeah, like they kind of did that with Halo Five. For uh, if you've ever seen the cannon fodder articles that yeah. Jeff Easterling puts out, love Jeff. It, yep. Yeah, so like for some pre Halo Five stuff he did, uh, and even they've done this for some uh, some other maps like here and there. They'll have uh, like an extra paragraph or two of, of actual backstory, but uh, Ooh, I'd I love like to see that. that. Like I'd love yeah. to see that in general go forward. You need like, 100 percent that game, Josh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but no, uh, but what I was gonna say is yeah, yeah. that. You know, I like you mentioned earlier, Brian, just uh, regarding some of this stuff. Like, I really, I do like original stories. I feel like we're kind of missing some of that nowadays. You know, there's so many sequels because that's what sells and people want. It, it's the safety of of knowing this what you already love is going to be continued and stuff like that. So, but I like the risks, but I also do like that stuff too. So, for me personally, like disregarding the multiplayer stuff, like when it comes to the story, I feel like. I, I, you make I don't know you make a good compelling argument I think of why as to why that stuff should continue like yeah the the general reception I think was that Halo Five let's do away with that story as quickly as possible but like there's justifiable reason that that deserves its chance to be told and and to be seen through and uh, no nah, that's that's definitely changed my perspective a bit I mean uh, where like were you ever, yo go ahead go ahead yeah like my just I don't know if, again I don't know if I've, if I said this or just to, so I make it clear like. My my whole thing with wanting the creator to show up isn't necessarily whether I liked the idea or not. It's just, uh, and I hope that, I don't want I don't want to yeah. say this to sa- I don't want to sound elitist when I say this, but I kind of did it did that to myself when I talked about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. God forbid I value narrative integrity. I told one somebody who responded to me, <laughs> not the best way to. And <laughs> hey, we all get passionate, yeah. man. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Passionate's a polite way to put it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, like that, that that's that's what I want. I want to I want to see, regardless of whether or not I like it, I want to see the potential come out from this idea. I sure. want to see what what can be done with it. And most importantly, I don't want I don't want the you know a card to suddenly take a what the card to suddenly take a one eighty. I don't want to get whiplash. Yeah, that's true. That that that, that makes sense. And I, the thing I guess we haven't touched on yet, I was going to ask you too, that goes with that is what what are your thoughts for what you'd like to see done with primarily the character Locke, but also the rest of, of Team Osiris. Like, how would you... What's an idea of how you might want to see them implemented in, in Infinite? Well, there's actually been a lot of talk in the community about, uh, like, post, uh, post-Infinite's post release, uh, the idea of campaign DLC finally coming to a Halo shooter. Mm-hmm. They actually finally did that for the first time with Halo Wars 2, to circle True. back to that break. Yeah. Yep. It was great. I loved it. I don't know how popular uh, Awakening the Nightmare was, but... I liked um, it a lot too. Yeah, I I loved it, and it was, it was just really cool to suddenly see this cool extra side story, and I'd love to see that with Infinite. And that that I think would be a good thing to do with with Blue Team with Osiris. Yes, uh, bring Majestic back because I love my that. God, like I love Thor. Thor is so fascinating in the in the Spartan Ops cutscenes, like him questioning Halsey, uh, and. It, Talking about the the truth, you know, kind of like sort of investigating the Spartan Four program, or sorry, the Spartan Two program and its origins. And actually, like in the Halo Four li- limited edition, you know, the the canon context for that is it's like it's Spartan Thorn's briefing packet, and he's got all these notes about the secrets of the Master Chief and the Spartan Two program, and he wants to like there was all this setup going on that I wish could have been. They were really invested in him. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought it would have been. It would have been really cool. Oop. 
Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's crazy when you look so, at that. Uh, you look at that. Um, the art of Halo Five, and you see that he was there originally. It's just like a what could have been type thing, you know? Yeah. Kind of blew I, my mind the first time I heard about that. I was like, I love Buck, but like he kind of took the the spot of that. I, I think I, I said this before, but I, I didn't. Uh, if I could go back, I'd, I'd probably switch Buck out and say, I'd bring him in a different it's time. Like, it's like having everything. your cake and eating it, too. Like, we want the Buck experience, but it's like, this was this role was, this area was designed for Thorn and Thorn. Well, yeah, but I feel like the Buck we even got in that game, like, I still feel he's, like, credits to, to 343 for still making that Buck, for me personally, still feel like the Bungie Buck. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't a disconnect for me, aside from him being a Spartan this time, but, like, there wasn't enough for him going on that really necessitated, uh, I guess, his, his presence. presence. Yeah, so I, I definitely would have liked to have seen more of Thorn because for me, uh, I didn't, I didn't get to enjoy Thorn as much. I didn't really dig it as much because uh, just Spartan Ops didn't really do it as much for me. I was yeah. like really interested to see where the story went, but you're right, like there's not a lot of carryover there in some ways. So I definitely, I definitely get that. It would have been cool to see Thorn. Really would have. I, I'd love to see him in Infinite. Yeah. Plus, you know, majestic. I would like to see majestic more because it's got, it's got a Scott, a Scott woman in there, a, a Scottish yeah. woman in there, and I, I always love the Scottish. Oh, That's nice. Cool. Well, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, there really is great there, accents. Yes, a, they do. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot out there. Little like, um, little uh, threads and, and characters that three four three's put out there over the years that really never got capitalized on. You know, that you talk about it more. Um, but I think Another we're all great opportunity for campaign DLC. Yeah, you know, I would. Uh, I love. I've always wanted Halo campaign DLC, and I, I kind of thought back when Halo Four came out, I thought, oh, you know, new studio, this might really happen, and, and it didn't. Yeah. Um, I, our Spartan Ops Season Two was something I thought might have happened as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, there were ideas around Halo Five as well. Actually, that reminds me. I don't know if you ever saw this. There was this 4chan leak, like right after Halo Five, or back in 2016, maybe sometime after Halo Five came out. So 4chan, take it with a huge grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> But there's stuff that lines up about it that makes it at least somewhat suspect. But one of the cool ideas that this guy, this support supposed leaker said was, oh, Halo 5 was going to be like the first and there was going to be a series of campaigns. Like it was going to be like Halo 5 Guardians and then Halo 5 something else and Halo 5 mm-hmm. some, you know, something else like that. It, and, you know, the second one was when they were going to bring the Didact back and then there was some third part or some shit. Uh, it was possible. I mean, I think there's been a lot of um, changing course at three four three since they started. So. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're all on the same page. We don't want those the characters from five to just be killed off, right? No. Yeah. No, I think I, I actually. I mean, I love the idea of campaign DLC because it's a nice. If you wanna, if you wanna at least still tell the same story, but say simplify it a little bit, you know, and tell something like have a focus on the on chief again and stuff like that, and don't try to divide it or anything like that. You can still do that, but then maybe have some DLC to focus on other characters. Like I, someone, someone like me, I really love Spartan Ray. Like we didn't get her much in Escalation, but I actually really liked her character, and I wanted to see more of her. And like if she would show up in something like that, where you know you don't have those characters kind of maybe getting in the way of some more of the important stuff, but they still have a story to be told. I think it'd be cool to experience in a yeah. game. That's another reason I want Majestic back because Naya Ray was probably one of my favorite parts of Halo Escalation. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Totally, totally get that. I would, I'd love if they did something like that. It's, it's crazy though to think like we're talking about all these different characters and, and things we would like to see to come to come to the game. And what's so sad is you have this this vast, I assume, majority of people who might potentially pick up Infinite who they don't, you know, they don't look at any of this, they don't care about any of this. To them, it's like 
I played Halo 3, I played Halo 4, I skipped the Spartan Ops, I played 5, didn't like it. You know, it's just, it's it's got to be so hard to balance. Like, there's a, there's a significant yeah. chunk of your community that loves this side stuff and this deep lore. But then there's a bigger chunk that's just like, give me the pew pew, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that's why I expect a, a little bit more simplification of it because it's just like how do you you want to have this game sort of lead Halo into its sort of like next life you know you're trying to breathe new life into it with this game and like how do you find a way to navigate those murky waters of not punishing anybody who's ever played all the other games so they can still have the experience of those carried forward but also be a sort of introductory game to bring in new people that's accessible and not going to be not going to make you feel like oh i gotta go play all these other ones to understand just this brand new one i want to play right now you know i think that's a big reason they dropped any notion of halo 6 is like they don't they they want to overwhelm people yeah yeah Yeah, infinite's a good a good starting point landing type base game I gotta ask you, uh, Ian, real quick. Uh, yeah. Do you are you when you buy video games? Are you more like digital or physical, or do you kind of mess with both? Uh, these days, I'm starting to lean more towards digital. Digital. Um, and then there are like like the the, the exceptions being uh, if I'm getting like a collector's edition. But even then, like uh, like all the Halo games, I get a physical copy of. Like even MCC, I just just because I I have the digital version, but I also got the physical copy because I like physical collector. Yep. Like the, yeah, I was just stuff. that's what I was just gonna ask was like. And then like Gears of War is probably the only other game where I do that that sort of thing. There might be a couple others, but uh, do you guys both you guys do, do you feel like if you know obviously we're gonna get some kind of deluxe or limited collectors or whatever? Are you guys gonna get go all out for that? For oh yeah, I'm gonna get you know I'm, I. I'm gonna get everything related to Halo Infinite. If like, I what actually they, nearly what could they put, put in it that you would want. Honestly, they could if they put Halo. Like, I'm kind of like a Nintendo fanboy when it comes to Halo. If they put Halo on on the box, I'll buy it. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm, that, I'm, I'm a simple that. guy like that. I get that. Um, and I totally I hope for something yeah. like like Halsey's Journal. I think is still the coolest yeah, yes. collective collector's uh, item that any Halo game has had. See, I was so a- if we get something like that again, that would be my my hope and wish yeah i was about to say something similar Ian. i was like i i i, I totally respect and love that you know if the halo's on the box you're buying it um <laughs> but it's like for me um something like halsey's journal like something of real substance yeah yes. I'm, I'm day one i'm there for it i'll pay whatever um something like the lock and chief statue it doesn't particularly do much for me and that's not to, to hate on halo 5 even the no this this is crazy but even like the i don't know statues just don't do too much for me personally just so like yeah, the, I feel like even busts the noble have been a thing team. for a long time now. Yeah. Like I loved uh the Master Chief helmet for Halo 3, but like that was kind of like if I it's like, a helmet, like, I'm buying it. 300 Right. <laughs> and I want that, but that's what I'm saying. Like I, I get where you guys come from too cuz it's something a little more concrete that's more like uh universe related feels it, it feels like an actual piece of the story, you know, in your yeah. in your hand, something concrete. Like it, yeah. Like it, it honestly depends like with, with statues like the noble team statue, I I love it cuz not good. only is it, is it is this cool looking statue it's also kind of like what uh, you were saying. It's uh, this piece of the universe because if you get when you uh, read like the bonus material that comes with it, it's like, oh, this is actually like a small prototype of the full of the full statue that they put up in, in, in like Times Square on Reach or whatever. They they actually named like a Did not uh, know that. a city in Square. Yeah, so it's like it's also an in-universe artifact too. Mm-hmm. And like the boxing for the Halo Reach Legendary Edition is also this. It's actually supposed to be. Uh, a set of boots of the boots from Halo of the Marine boots from Halo Two. Uh, so like, there's all this lore around every aspect of the, of that packaging. That's and I badass. love it. I like that. That's the coolest thing. And then 
Yeah, I, I enjoy the Halo Five statue, but uh, it, it, you know, it's it's not the same. It, it's a it's a cool statue of of Lock and Chief, but it doesn't kind of have the, it doesn't have that same impact as yeah. Chief's helmet in, from Halo Three or the Noble Team statue uh, for any number of reasons. I, I'm and just especially not to Halsey's journal to bring it full circle. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still to this day just so impressed by Halsey's journal and the fact that mm-hmm. Bungie, who who seemingly didn't really care for people messing around in their their universe and you know we have record of them not of us we know that they didn't like uh eric nyland writing the full of reach back when it when it was first put out so to see that they worked with him to help the journal line up with this book i just so impressed by that yeah you know so definitely um but final question before we go into uh our questions and answers i was going to ask i i try to ask every guest this i'll have to think of a new ask once infinite's actually out but um (laughs) Ian, if you could selfishly choose one thing to guaranteed be in Infinite, one one thing, what would you choose? Be a story blue element, team. character, whatever. Blue team. That's blue my team. that is my ultimate thing. I have been wanting blue team ever since I read uh, probably probably since I read for uh, the Fall of Reach back in two thousand six. Yep. If not, oh, we're the same, buddy. Yeah, I yeah. feel the same way. And like ever since, like right around the time. I was reading that Halo Three was announced, and it's like, oh, our blue team gonna be in this? Our blue team gonna be in this? Like, I jumped right into that lore train mm-hmm. head first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue and team like, is just, uh, and I've, I've said it before on the podcast. Like, the Fall of Reach, the book, to me personally, is so so integral and cemented into Halo in its origins. Like for me, it's that that Fall of Reach novel is about as as essential as Combat Evolved to me. You know, I just love it. And at Blue Team's always been, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of kicking myself thinking back on all the, the criticism I've had of, of Blue Team in 5 because of how they were done. But, you know, I, I can remember the me before Halo 5 that just thought Blue Team was the coolest shit ever. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll agree. Halo 5 did Blue Team dirty. Yeah. It, and that's one thing that really worries me uh, about them in general. Like, I don't want... A, a Halo game player's only experience with with Blue Team to be Halo Five because if that were it, that would be an absolute tragedy. Well, I had this I had this idea uh, like probably 10, 15 episodes ago with Josh. I, I feel like Josh was like really receptive to this idea, I, but I was like, you know, maybe if you're 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 primarily playing as Chief and Infinite for most of the game, and you get to this moment like second or second to last level, last level where there's some big big conflict and Chief is really against the ropes, and then kind of like out of nowhere and, and drop pods or on a ship or whatever, blue team gets <laughs> out. Out of nowhere, boy, God! <laughs> and blue team comes out, and they're, they're on the battlefield in gameplay fighting with you, and they're like, we got your back, Chief, and then maybe some of Osiris shows up, and it's like this big scale Or you're making war. it sound like the portal scene from Endgame. Yeah, man, Basically. do a portal scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, if Fred's like, Chief, right, on I, your I left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, he'll, he'll he'll say took you long enough. No, yeah, no. yeah. That was his introductory <laughs> quote. Oh, jeez. And then he'll look right at the camera and kind of wink. Yeah, yeah. yep. Gotta, oh man, uh, that's good stuff. I'd eat that up. I'd love that. Um, but great. Well, he'll just he'll just like turn to the camera, but his his helmet will be on, so you can't tell that he's winking. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> That'll be how it's handled. Um, yeah, but guys, we're gonna go into the Q and A, which is gonna be cool because we have Ian here. Um, before we read the answers, 
to this run birthday party sound. Yeah, yeah, just confetti <laughs> just blowing out of Ian's ears right now. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we'll kind of th- this time around, I'll, I'll read the question, and then the three of us can kind of talk about it and, and what our thoughts are, and then I'll get into some of the answers we had. But the question I asked on the Twitter was. Will you tolerate a sixty nine ninety nine new game price going into this generation? Ah, yes. Does your mentality change if said game has no microtransactions? With a push towards higher pricing and the continued disdain for microtransactions, Microsoft's Game Pass may see more success than ever. Who wants to go first? Ian? Well, I'm happy to talk about this because this is something I've, I've talked about with people many times. Um, a lot of people don't re- remember this, but back before the Xbox One and... Uh, PlayStation 4 were, I don't know why I'm blanking on that one, PlayStation 4 were uh, actually released, there was actual talk about games on those systems. I think it was that they w- the base price would go up to sixty nine ninety nine. Yep, I remember that. And then gamers revolted, and that idea was quickly dropped. And what, what have we seen in, in the wake of that? Season passes and now microtransactions, both of which have been Galore. horribly... Yeah. Re- yeah horribly received um in some cases for very good reasons uh so what like if if we could get higher price like hell i'd pay up to to set to yeah 79.99 for a game for a game that is that's basically completed doesn't require a day one patch uh to fix it or something and you know is free of microtransactions i'd pay that absolutely um yeah no definitely uh how do you feel brian because I know you're, kinda, you're uh, well, a little bit different. so Yeah, well, I think you know I have, I have a strong opinion of my own, but to kind of agree with, I think to agree with both of you, because I kind of know Josh's stance already, um, I'd pay, I would pay, I'd pay not just $69.99, I'd pay $79.99 for a game that is fully functional, completed, done, not broken, doesn't have a day one patch, and does not implement any microtransactions or, or, or passes. Now, I would allow for, and obviously, like, if I get technical, no one's going to follow my technical rule book for how to do this stuff. But, like, stuff like Awakening the Nightmare coming in at a, at a $10, $15, $20 DLC, to me, that's, like, the typical expansion pack we got on, like, PC back in the day, you know, like, 20 years ago. So I would always tolerate that stuff when it's when it's useful. I, I don't think I've heard anybody really complain about Skyrim's Dawn Guard or Dragonborn DLC because it it added a significant more chunk of the game or um, blood and wine from Witcher or whatever. Um, Great, great content. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I have two opinions. The opinion that I agree with you guys on is I would totally pay more. I understand that the gaming industry is way more expensive now and that the money's going to be made somewhere. I would pay 70 bucks, 80 bucks, but you got to guarantee me that all the crap's not coming with it. Um, So that's where I agree with you guys. The, The one place I don't agree with definitely Josh and maybe not you, Ian, I'm not sure, but um, I, I feel like there's this, and I've said this on Twitter, I feel like there's this narrative that, oh, you know, the, the gaming industry always tells us, well, the only reason that we have to charge so much and do microtransactions is because you gamers, uh, you expect such high fidelity and, and such long games, and you expect so much that we have to spend this much. And I'm like, you know, obviously there are those out there that, that w- require that, but I feel like the vast majority of people just want to play a good game. It doesn't have to be the the highest resolution known to man or have you know it's like final fantasy 7 remake something josh and i played recently we really loved i love it great game but i'll admit there's probably a solid five to ten hours of complete bloat thrown around in that game to make it longer and uh you know i i just feel like um i mentioned odst on twitter as a game that's like 
I love ODST. I think ODST's campaign is is great. It's Firefight, all that stuff, and it was made in, I believe, uh, less than so a year. So like that's coming back. Yeah. yeah. 18 I, months. Okay, yes. Oh, it was 18 months they made it in? Yeah. Okay, so less than two years, but definitely a shorter dev cycle. And to me, ODST is one of my favorite games of all time. Obviously, I, I'm biased towards Halo, but I just feel like people are buying indies all the time, and, and they're, they're people's game of the year. People are playing Fortnite year-round, which is uh, uh, it doesn't have all that high-end fidelity stuff and, and narrative-driven, paying the highest voice actors. Uh, Breath of the Wild's a game that is seen as one of the best games ever made, and it sounds like they... Well, I don't want to sound rude. The, the voice acting for, for Breath of the Wild is not, not very good. Um, I, I don't think they paid top-tier talent. So to make the long short of it, uh, I just believe that that we don't... We're not the ones saying that it has to be... Uh, this expensive. I, I think they could dial down, scope back a lot, and still make great games. Um, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, and in a, I, I definitely respect that. I, even though I do disagree, but I respect it because I think, for me, what I, I see, uh, whether it's kids or like adults, there's definitely a vast majority of people. You already kind of touched upon it out there that want these big experiences. You want when you're going into a next console generation, you want to see how great graphics are going to look you you want to feel like the console's worth it how do you make it worth it from the outset to pull you in you know show off the specs show off the better hardware and what it can do and all that and kind of like you said ian i feel like there was so much pushback this i guess current gen you know going into it Mm -hmm. that it that we started to see a lot of rollout and that's why we now have things like deluxe editions for like so many games and ultimate editions and you yeah, and I mean, like, like Doom, uh, Doom Eternal. I think was like ninety dollars for the sort of like. Well, I can't remember what edition it was called. And I bought that edition because yeah, and I bought it. It too. came with two uh, campaign DLCs. Right, and I mean, I know there's a bit of an argument to be made here with this, but I feel like something like that. I feel like paying that ninety dollars that it was. I feel like I now, even though that expansion content hasn't come out yet, I feel like I now own the entire game. Like I paid ninety dollars to own it, whereas like now you have this sixty dollar base value. You get the core experience. Well. There's all this other stuff, too, and you can have it. So it's like they had to sort of jostle around, I feel like, to sort of rectify and accommodate what the community was saying, the pushback they were having. I and agree I with think, that. I, I do yeah, believe that happened. Right. But I'm, I'm also, I also think that you have so many people out there that want all these different sorts of games that speak to them. And I think developers, uh, a big task for them is... How, what what kind of game do our players want to play and and we it's it's sometimes there's a dichotomy between like we want to make a game that you guys will enjoy playing versus we want to we want to make a game you guys will really want to play from us and mm-hmm. i know every developer is is different with that mentality probably but you know uh i think it's great to have games that maybe cost more simply because like you can have that chance that risk that could be taken i mean there's so many games that had stuff like Actually, not even a game. Something like, let's say with Marvel and the MCU, Guardians of the Galaxy. That film itself was a bit of a risk because no one really knew what Guardians of the Galaxy were. You knew what Captain America is and you know who Thor and Iron Man are. You didn't know who Guardians were. Taking that risk paved the way for a lot that came down the line, right? Like even Thor Ragnarok kind of has some of those vibes in it. And like so much of what we got later was because of what we got there and the success that that had by taking that risk. So I love that happening and I think it needs to happen. But I also understand like... You know, not every game needs that. I mean, something like, I don't know how much, I'm playing Mass Effect Andromeda currently, and that game does not have a good reception, obviously, and it probably, I don't know how much the budget was for that game, but it probably had a lot, 
and it did not turn out well. And so there's a risk and reward there with that. But uh, I, I think it's important still to, to have that stuff because you can take that chance. And it's not always going to work, but you still create that 50% chance it will. But over to you guys. Yeah. You got any more to add to that? <laughs> not a whole lot, though. I will say one thing. This is maybe something that this is something I think maybe it, it only just popped in my head as we were talking about this. And it's something that both gamers and uh, the industry itself would kind of have to get over. Not every game should need to be a, the same price. I was thinking that like, too. Yeah. Like, you know, why why should why should Halo Three with its eight hour campaign and twelve multiplayer maps or whatever be the same price as uh, as Mass Effect with you know what is it like forty, 40. hours yeah. uh, like bare, like minimum forty hours of content and all this expansive stuff? Like, did, did those games cost the same amount to make? If they did. Then yeah, they should be priced the same. But you know, if Mass Effect cost uh, like they spent five years developing that universe before the first Mass Effect came out, and uh, you know, if that cost you know like an extra million or two to make back in two thousand seven, whatever it might have been, you know, should it be co- should it cost more than Halo Three? Maybe. It, you know, yeah. Uh, should should The Witcher maybe cost more than than Halo Five or something? I don't know. Well, yeah, and you. I'll go ahead, Brian. Well, I was just gonna say, like my my favorite game from this generation is Bloodborne on the PS4, and I mean I don't have any statistics to back this up, but it seems pretty fair to say that Bloodborne probably required less time and money than Cyberpunk. I think that's fair to say, and uh, you know the the love I have for Bloodborne it's a ten ten out for me, and and you know I can't I haven't played Cyberpunk yet, but chance, like Bloodborne's probably gonna be my favorite game of this gen, and. Bloodborne seems like something that could have... It's worth the 60 in my mind, don't get me wrong, but Bloodborne could have came in at a lower price than Cyberpunk, I feel like, like with what you guys are saying, because, you know, uh, Bloodborne, especially if you know what you're doing, you can beat it in no time, but, you know, it's probably a 20 to 40 hour experience, and there's no multiplayer, really. I mean, I guess there's kind of multiplayer, but... Um, so, you know, what if that came out at 40? And then Cyberpunk is... Cyberpunk is, like... Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but like that's the game as far as we're talking budget goes. We're talking about a game yeah. that was yeah. passed. You know, when I was on a sucking a pacifier, you know, like yeah, I think that long I think ago. Brian, uh, so. for a comparison, I think Witchers. I could be wrong on this, but I think Witchers was around. Witcher three was around like 80 million, and I think Cyberpunk's is around 120. I could be wrong on that and it's though, been in but I think just for, for eternity. Yes. So like Cyberpunk yeah. to me. Um, and obviously none of us have played it. We, some could come out about it when the game comes out and something's really wrong. But, you know, going in with what we assume from CD Projekt Red and it being an RPG and all the stuff you can do, seems like the kind of game that maybe you'd charge $100 for. Yeah, maybe. You know, and, and sure. yeah, if, if, if companies were fair about that and pricing their games accurately, I think gamers, I think if you ask gamers right now to pay 100 for Cyberpunk, but they're going to be able to get Halo Infinite for 70 or 60 you know, I think that's that's more fair. Um, yeah. but how can we get, how can we get the industry to do that? I don't know. And then when, with, well, with, yeah. with what Josh said, I, if, if we had hard statistics that people don't need the high fidelity and the super long hours, if we had those statistics and that was true, then I would, I would be right. But if we have the statistics that so many people only get invested in buying a game when it's got those high production values, like, like you say, Josh, if the stats were there, then then it would, you would be right. I guess we do have to have this, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's something to be said, too, about 
maybe say a 10 hour experience that's $60 versus a hundred hour experience at $60. And maybe they're like, maybe you have like your Halo, let's say Halo 4, you know, that's under 10 hours ish, somewhere around there. Then you have something like Witcher 3. Both games, you know, people like at least the stories of, right? And they're around the same price. I get it. Like for me, I could take a game, even if it's five hours, if those five hours are incredible, I'll happily pay a lot of money for that, like $60 at least, you know, because for me, it's, look, I know how much time went into this, you know, I, I don't know what it's like to be on, on the inside and do that stuff, but a lot of, like, blood, sweat, and pixels went into this, right? So, like, you know, I mean, a lot of time went into it, and I'm willing to pay that, you know, but at the same time, I, I mean, hey, I would love the idea if moving into this coming gen, if, if games just start kind of going all over with the pricing. I mean, I can see that being annoying for people, but like, that's definitely going to help balance a bit out. But I think it would really come down to two things. And one being like you said, Brian, I think you said too, Ian, it's like the microtransactions because we've had so much adjustment to sort of compensate for the price, like the, the games rising in cost, uh, however you feel about the justification in that, but then also like the pushback. So then this stuff all started kind of coming out and it wasn't there in the beginning, but then it got there. We saw like the microtransactions hit their peak with like Battlefront 2, and we saw, you know, all these deluxe editions and ultimate editions with games like Assassin's Creed and all these others. So like, I know that's going to be a big factor. But then you also have something like Game Pass, which I feel like the industry by the end of next gen is going to be shifting more of into being the norm compared to buying games. You know, and I could be wrong yeah. on that, but like, I think by like, I think if we could jump ahead, like eight years when the you know or 10 years whenever the this next gen is about to end and go into whatever comes nap after i feel like the the discussion is going to be a lot different because people aren't really going to be buying games as much i don't feel like people are going to be as sort of up in arms about this kind of thing you know yeah maybe yeah i guess we didn't really touch on game pass too much which i mentioned in the tweet but it's like you know price rate you know the price going up and and microtransactions things like that it's just going to push more people to game pass or subscription services like that i mean yeah, I don't want to sound biased, but I mean, I never mentioned PS Now because I don't, I don't really think it's in the conversation as far as offering the same level of value as Game Pass does. Yeah, but, I love PlayStation. But Sony, love PlayStation, Sony does but have that. Just, it's more streaming than than downloading. It's streaming and it's it's for what you get. It's pricier. Um, Ian, is that is that pretty exciting for you? Uh, you know, I know you, you you're obviously going to buy the game and everything for Halo Infinite, but like, do you think that's pretty cool that? With Game Pass, you know, people who don't maybe who maybe get an Xbox Series X day one or whatever. They don't even have to necessarily buy the game. They just get that game pass, and they can still yeah. play that. I think that's fantastic. It's a good, it's a good system for potentially bringing in more people than you might than might otherwise. Yeah, see this. Completely uh, agree. I was really Halo hoping Infinite for that. will be huge because of that, right? Like guaranteed. I mean, everyone's going to yeah. try it. At least. One can hope. Yeah. Well, you'd like to think there's going to be that talk, you know, like especially when you have those parents that are buying consoles for their kids around Christmas time, and they got to make that decision: PS5 or Xbox. And they're like, "Well, watch this Halo Infinite." Like, well, I'm glad you asked, you know, and you can play this for free. The the console comes with, you know, one month free of Game Pass, and your son can play this free day one. Your daughter can play this free, you know, right away. I just picture yeah. their parents being, like, 90 years old, missing all their teeth. Yeah, I don't know why I made them sound like <laughs> grandparents. <laughs> what, your parents don't sound like that? I thought all parents did. Uh, okay, guys, I got some answers to read off. What kind of can respond to? Okay. This uh, first one comes from... Keeping it sacred 24-7. Keeping it sacred. Back like a butt crack. Uh, don't forget to add Game Pass into this equation. I got it because I live, because I love trying many games until one sticks rather than waiting on a particular title and investing in it. It really does reveal what stands the test of time. I will say, 
um, if the prices of games were were much higher, I could see myself because I'm you know I'm someone who loves to own the games. I something about owning it. Um, I'm the kind of person that could go, okay, Halo, I'm gonna pay whatever for day one. Doesn't matter. Uh, but Cyberpunk, okay, Cyberpunk's gonna come out at seventy, eighty, ninety dollars. If it's on Game Pass, I'll play it. And even if I play forty hours of that game on Game Pass for free, if I love it. I'll give them my ninety hundred bucks. I'll give I'll give it to them no problem. So that's the success they had with that. Yeah, Game Pass could yep. prove to be worth a lot because I think as all three of us here have kind of said, if we love that game, if we're passionate about it, we're gonna pay whatever, you know. Oh yeah. So you guys no, have anything it, to add to that? I didn't mean to take. No, no I was like, gonna say there's there's so many there's a couple games now that I've played through Game Pass that I would not have otherwise experienced because I saw it on there and I was like, oh, this is this is free to play. I can play it right now, and it actually grabs me game in specific was Operenzia and I that was my game of the year last year I loved that game it played very much like a Bard's Tale like classic Bard's Tale and then uh, I loved it but I would never probably have experienced that or, or gave it much time had I not seen it on there promoted so it, it I think they even I think the developers even get money just by one of those games being downloaded by their games being downloaded so i'm sure some i'd love to see exactly how that how that yeah me that. too i know that's been a concern some people have like are the are developers getting paid for this right because obviously the publishers are making money but want to concern and is there anything you've that. played through game pass that you discovered that you liked off the top of your head not not yet uh simply simply because of my own busy schedule but i'll say this um the game we happy few yeah. Uh, if that if Game Pass had been a thing back back when that was coming out, I think I probably would have invested a lot more in that because they kind of did like a free trial. The game and it preview, wasn't right? it wasn't a it wasn't yeah a game preview because it wasn't like the same as a demo where it's like a cutout section, but it's like oh you can play the first however many hours or levels or whatever, and then if you want to buy it, your progress transfers over or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like not a streamlined. Yeah. yeah, it's not a streamline, but it, like, had Game Pass been a thing, I might have invested more time into that game. Sure. It looked really cool, and the little bit I played of it was fun. I, so. I know the big one for me, and I, I know you mentioned this already, being a Gear, you're a Gears of War fan, right, Ian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I am too, one of my favorite series, and uh, I don't know if you got this vibe, but when Gears 5 was first getting ramped up and talked about, there was a lot of a lot of uh, hate for that, a lot of people not... Uh, not being interested in it, thinking it looked bad, being irritated that the protagonist changed, a lot of stuff like that. And I was just kind of, even though I was a fan, I was kind of leery. I wasn't sure, like, you know, well, is this going to be good or not? And so when that came out on Game Pass, I played it through Game Pass uh, day one and loved the game. And I paid I paid for it. I bought it, you know. Um, That's I, good to I hear. I own it now. I, so. Gears is one of those franchises I, I will buy just about anything uh that that has gear, that has it the logo or the uh, name sure. posted on that gears tactics hell yes uh, uh gears pop even gears pop i <laughs> invested in <laughs> i'm sad to say i'm, Dude, uh, I'm waiting on you, tactics you t- i want to get that on Xbox. i was gonna say have you what's your opinion on tactics have you played it on the pc then i've not had the chance to play it yet okay. sadly but the second it was announced my my first thought was damn it gears beat halo to this because I, I know I wanted this kind of <laughs> I thing. That too, man. yes my second thought my second thought was finally because mm-hmm. get like gear, that is that is a tactics game like that is exactly the gears is perfectly primed for that sort of setup and i loved everything i've so, i've seen about it same here so, dude i as a huge it's just fan been of a XCOM. matter of time yeah exactly yes xcom exactly yeah yeah i'm, I'm waiting so for it to be my that. first xcom experience because i haven't had it yet so 
I hope Brian, because there's there's a couple characters in there that you that are the protagonist sort of that you you play as, but you can also like recruit people and and create like name them and stuff like that. You need to like have us in there because the the feeling you get when your friends or family or whatever die in XCOM. Oh my god! There's nothing like it in a game, dude. It's just, no, it, yeah. You're like you're either like accepting it and just going through the peril of emotions, that this downward spiral of like, oh, I just That'd lost one of my best friends, or you're like, nope, reloading. This ain't yeah. happening. <laughs> Gonna rewrite uh, history. I think it's funny. I'm the latter. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. I've done that a lot. The uh, the next response is from. It's funny because this is channeling Ian here. This is from Ian Big Dog Mills at Big Dog Mills. Oh, the other Ian. And he says. I was already planning on spending two hundred and fifty dollars for the legendary edition, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yep. So. I'm gonna get the legendary edition. I'm gonna get the the exclusive Series X and whatever other mm-hmm. Xboxes they. I get everything. I go broke on Halo. Yeah. Well, I actually. I don't blame you. I I knew like the second the Series X was coming out because I'm always that guy who's like I don't you know I'm not gonna need the system day one. Then they show it off and I'm like wait a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I, I like told, I sleep. It's like that yeah. Shaq meme where you're like I sleep, I wake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, Real shit. I told my wife. I told my wife I was like, okay, babe, here's the thing. I'm gonna really want the Series X. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be about six hundred bucks. Can we save for it? So she's already got the money saved aside for me. Oh nice. So I'm stoked for that. I just gotta make sure I get it pre-ordered. Um, Quick question: but. If you if they have a Halo Infinite Limited Edition Series X, are you guys going for that? Because I know yes. there's like Brian. I know you, you, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love how he's like absolutely. But I know I Brian, have like all the Halo Xboxes in my closet. That's What's awesome. Your At least is uh, probably the Halo Three one. It, that is it's cool. just I have that one. Yeah. yeah, that's the only one I have. But yeah, I do have that. At the that original was... uh, CE Xbox, I got one of the Halo Two Xboxes and Halo oh, Three, wow. of course. Nice. Halo you Reach, Halo Four. That reminds me real quick. Uh, remember the Andrew? Remember the Halo Three wireless headset? Yes, dude. I'm so disappointed that I have not been able to find that. <laughs> I know I had that at the time, and like, oh. I don't know why we didn't get anything like that this gen. I would love to see that like going oh right my into God. this yeah, coming you're gen. Right? Wow. Yeah. We never had like any. That was yeah. perfect for me. I remember my. It would just. It felt like it went like right here. You know, right up to my cheekbone, yeah. and like people still heard me fine, and it blew my mind. I was like, why do we not have this in the current? Yeah, weird to me. I think I think the fad for that for the like the little earpieces uh, ran its course. I think that's probably why mm. everyone like get, you know serious gamers got to have the big heads. Yeah, <laughs> turtle. I, I beach. love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love that stuff. I love the I love that it blocks out other noise, and I love it feels very comfortable on my ear. But yeah, you know, yeah. That's me. I remember I actually I was friends with Josh's cousin before I met Josh. And I heard through the grapevine, I hadn't met Josh yet, I heard that my friend's cousin, Josh, had just got the, the uh, Halo 3 360 with the headset uh, right before, right right at Halo 3 time. And I was so jealous of this guy, I didn't know. I was like, how? How does anybody <laughs> get mu- to have Mike this? Foxtrot. My dad was so amazing for that. The, the story behind that, uh, Ian, actually was my, my birthday is September 29th, and Halo 3 mm. you know, came out the 25th. So just a few days... I had all this. I had all these plans to go over to a friend's house. We're gonna do the midnight launch of Halo Three. I'm mean, gonna, gonna get online with all these yeah. people and do all this stuff. Had all these plans. Well, just a few days prior to Halo Three coming out, uh, my console red ringed finally, oh. and I was like, I literally cried. I was like devastated, and my dad was like, "What's going on?" And then I told him. Calls me into the room like 20 minutes later, and he's like on GameStop's page on their website, and he's like, "Okay, which one's the better console?" And he's like, "He's I see the Halo 3 one, I see this like the Elite one they had at the time," and I was like, 
you know, the wheels started turning in my yeah. brain, and I'm like, he's gonna buy me a new. Co-. And I was like, Halo Three. I was like, well, the Elite one's good too. You know, I started like bumbling <laughs> yeah. all around yeah. my words. And I'll take this one, but it's kind of shit. Really, just a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up buying me that, and my mom had gotten me the the headset. Um, nice. And, and it was just like, I got so lucky. Uh, really grateful to my parents for that. But yeah, it wasn't. I I, w- I wish you had heard that part, Brian. Rather than just oh my cousin got the Xbox. Uh, oh, because you know your cousin basically he was we've had him on before. His name's Justin. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was like, he's like yeah. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly. What he said something like you know, uh, my bastard cousin got the freaking. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. He's the worst. I hate him. You know. So he was like ah, you're the bastard. Yeah. Uh, next response is from Brad. Oh wait, Erickson. did you read off Ian's? Yeah, I d- no, yeah, I did the 250 Legendary oh, okay. Edition. Okay, okay, my bad. I yeah, want to make we sure reminisced. we didn't gloss over. Yeah. Uh, Brad Erickson says, honestly, I haven't paid 59.99 for a game in a long time. My mindset is that if I'm going to buy a game, I want everything that comes with it. Deluxe editions hurt my wallet, but usually end up paying off in the long run. TLDR, no, it doesn't bother me. I get that. You I guys ever waited and bought the Ultimate Edition? That's a real thing, you know. Obviously. No, that's typically what I do now with my games. Like whether that's good or bad, I mean, I that's what I end up doing because I feel like as ridiculous as it might sound, I feel like I now own the whole game, even if not all the contents out. I feel like okay, I don't have to worry about it now. Which actually, I gotta ask real quick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a season pass for Halo Wars Two and wasn't Awakening of the Nightmare not a part yeah. of that? Wasn't right. that a big deal? It was a big deal because people uh, misunderstood. There was some poor phrasing on the Microsoft Store debatably but it was also people misunderstanding uh what the season pass was about and essentially like it said uh like i said there was a there was a slightly different phrasing uh on this on the store that could understandably mi- lead people to think otherwise but mm-hmm. um the season pass was supposed to get you all the dlc leaders and then um a couple missions which became uh operation Spearbreaker. that's what it was called okay so mm. okay. and, and I honestly think that it said. I think it said, like the game or the season pass description said, like, oh, you'll get the, like the next six months of of Halo Wars content, and then Awakening the Nightmare was like, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a year after, but it was it was more it was more than that six month period. Yeah. Oh, okay. I okay. think it's one of those things it, where it's like, did three four three Microsoft do anything wrong? No. Does the do the gamers at large feel like a season pass gets them everything? Yes, and Microsoft probably knew that that was their mindset. You know, I yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't be too surprised if Microsoft. Like, I don't think I. I don't want to think three four three did anything malicious, and that's my right. bias. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally I'm with thing. you. I wouldn't think they. That was their intention. Um, Hidden Xperia says yes. Microtransactions have no place in a sixty dollar game, let alone a seventy dollar one. Game prices should be increased to account for inflation and their rising costs, and microtransactions should be left behind in full-price games. But we all know that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's that's the truth. Uh, two questions, Ian. Uh, did you like Warzone and Halo 5? And regardless of that, how did you feel about the microtransactions in that? I enjoyed Warzone well enough. Um, I haven't played it as much like since probably 2016, but I haven't played a whole lot of Halo. Of ha- games in general since then just because of my own busy schedule but sure. um I, I thought it was fun uh i never really found it to be the accused pay to win experience just because the the whole energy system it's like oh yeah sure this guy can once he gets high enough he can spawn in this stupid powerful weapon but it's still halo so i can still you know 
get that from him by being right. the, being the better player. Yeah. Um, but uh, honestly, at, at launch, I defended the microtransaction system uh, pretty heavily. I thought it was a pretty decent one. And even to this day, I don't think it's necess- it's necessarily at its core egregious or it's not terrible. Like, I... Halo 5 had its issues with uh, it not being complete at launch. That There's no excuse for that. Mm-hmm. But, like, if hypothetically, you know, if Infinite came out, came out, it was, it had all its maps, all its game types, uh, full good campaign, good campaign with a good story at, at launch, and then it had microtransactions of some kind in order to support free multiplayer maps, I'd be for that. Because yeah, I totally get do that. N- I do not like... Uh, what are they called? Um, like map packs. packs. Yeah. That's it. I yeah. can't believe I blinked. No, you're good, man. You're good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do not like map packs. I found in all my experience, they divide the community. Yeah. Season Pass was tried with Halo 4. That did not help. Essentially, it just becomes this content that I've paid for and I can't play mm-hmm. because not enough pe- not enough other people bought it. And, you know, if you start restricting it, like, oh, you have to have the DLC to, to play in this playlist... You know, we're not. It, this isn't Halo Three anymore. So you're just gonna, you're just gonna scare away the population. They're not gonna go buy the map pack. They're just gonna go play something else. Yeah, I, it in Halo in that Halo game it, or yeah. a different game entirely. I purchased the Final Reach DLC um, while while Reach was still relevant, but but mm-hmm. but later on, not the day it came out, and I never yeah. once got to play a map. I literally just threw my money yeah. in the toilet. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, it's definitely an issue. That's I guess that's where I'm out of the loop on. I. And I avoid having this conversation on Twitter or whatnot because I actually feel like I must be uneducated. But I thought the Halo community back in 2015 collectively agreed we wanted the rec packs so that we could have free maps for multiplayer. I thought that was where we were all at. There was, well, I wouldn't say there was ever a consensus. There was certainly a vocal part of it of the community though that was that was very much okay with that. And I think that I think they're still there because even when this discussion comes up, I still see it pretty divided. Uh, I, I would want to say fifty fifty, but that's my that's my that's my bias. My what I've seen. It just seems that's fair my anecdote. to me. I'm not saying I'm yeah. right, but it seems fair to me. Yeah. you know. And like that's not to say that Halo Five did it the best. Like I, I definitely agree. Like Luke would absolutely say this. Hidden Xperia would say this. Uh, the wh- what happened to the customization system as a result of Rec Packs is unacceptable. Uh, what was it the, specifically that I didn't like? It, basically, that all your art there's no one there's no way to unlock specific art. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. about no that. It's entirely RNG. Ran, it's like, yeah, it's like, I'd love to get the the Mark Four armor, and I, I spent a lot of time, and I I spent some extra money to get that Mark Four armor when it came out because I love that I love it, and it was worth yeah. it to me. And honestly, at the time, I probably gave Halo Halo Five more credit than it deserved. Um, it eventually got there, but yeah, no, that's a good point too. That's yeah. still a good point because I remember, I remember I settled on the Nightfall armor that you got with uh, mm-hmm. for watching Halo Nightfall, and I was like pretty much content with that throughout my entire run of Halo 5's multiplayer. But like for people who didn't like that or didn't have something from the outset, yeah, that's a that's that's a perspective I never considered. So that's a good see, point. I'm I'm in a, a completely opposite space than you guys, and it completely irritates Josh because I'm the guy who's like, I would really like to get rid of this base armor and have. You know, I'll make something up. Helios Grill. And then someone tells me, oh, well, for Helios Grill, you have to... Uh, Beat all the legendary campaigns in MCC. Yeah, to do that, or you have to get 50 kills with a Spartan laser, and I just go, 
nope, I'll wear the base armor for five years. Like, it's that easy for me to just give up. Well, that's, yeah. But some people are like, I will play 2,000 hours to get the armor I want. Well, I understand, because for you personally, though, Brian, you're not as big in the multiplayer, so that's what doesn't... Okay, well, to be fair, though, even in Reach, um, for, like, you could have it in Campaign. You had your armor in Campaign in Reach. Right. And I still was, like, I I did work a little bit to get some better armor, but some stuff I really wanted near the top, I just wasn't going to work for it, because... For me, I look at it as, and for some people, like the joy they get from putting that much time in to get their armor piece, it's worth it. But for me, the by the before I get to the piece of armor, my joy has left. You know, I just don't. I want to be able to play what I want to play, yeah. fun, not do something I don't. I remember in Halo Three, there was that one achievement where you had to like kill four people at once with the Spartan laser shot. Spartan laser. And I remember just and and. 343 and Mike got it on Snowbound. Three, four, so did I. Snowbound. Yes. Three, four, three. I got mine on high ground. <laughs> oh, no. I love the high ground. Uh, 343 and Microsoft would hate me Obi-Wan once they hear this. Shit. But, like, what I did, or actually it was Bun- you know, Bungie at the time, is I just, once I wanted to get that achievement, I'd get in a match, i put in the headset, I'd go, hey, guys, let's not kill each other. Let's all line up and give each other the Spartan, <laughs> the Spartan laser achievement. I, I encountered that shit. Yeah. So I would do that every I ma- got mine legit. Oh, you got yours me legit? Too, okay, be proud of that, yeah. bro. Because what I did Very was lucky. I was like, Okay, line up, line up. Okay, shoot them. And then I would line up, let them shoot me. But it was after like yeah. 20 tries. And there was a couple times where people were like, oh, yeah, 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 bro. I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. They get in there and I line up and, and they then, just immediately yep. me in the back. <laughs> yeah. So, I probably was that guy. I deserved it. I was probably uh, no. that guy too because I know there were times people were trying to achievement hunt and I purposely screwed them over. Yeah. It's like, do it legit, you guys. Yeah. Because that was my elitist attitude at the time. <laughs> I get on my Xbox and it's like, one achievement has been removed. Oh, no. Somebody watches, listens to the Secret Icon Halo podcast. They got me. Uh, uh, real quick, before we move on to the next okay. answer, uh, real quick, I, I feel like hypothetically it's not going to happen. But if they rolled back uh, and just didn't have any kind of armor permutations or customization, like we go back to like as far as something like Halo Two no. or maybe something basic like Halo Three, is that going to bother you guys personally? Because for the community, the reason, be outraged, Josh. Well, I'm, I, the only reason I'm asking is because, like, personally, I don't need that. Do I want it? Yes. Do I need it? No. So, well, I agree I, with that, but that it, it can't happen. I mean, in theory, I agree with that, but at the same time, if that were to happen, I'd be like, "Oh my god, this release!" That would bum me out. Yeah, for totally. A fair. significant period. Yeah, I would eventually get over it, but it would eventually be the whole. I would be thinking any time I booted that game up, I wish I could do more with this ca- okay. with my character. Now I have a question for both of you guys here. Oh shit! Um, would you rather have Infinite has a total of a hundred different armor pieces? Or it only has a total of 20, but you can play as both a Spartan and an Elite. The latter. Would you like to play as an Elite again? Or just it's not even it's not even that, but like we we kind of got the the hundred armor permutations with Halo Five, and that just dilutes. Um, yeah. Oh, I know. The, I I'm the, very much, the look of everything. Yeah. Yes, I was gonna say I'm very much a quality over quantity kind of person, so I would be happily. I would be happily content with less. That was more polished and more yeah. like more fun because there's there's so many in those in Halo Five that you're just like I'm never gonna wear this and oh that's cool I got it but <laughs> like thanks yeah. and then you know, what's the one that looks like a that one set that looks like a, that one helmet that looks like a blender or like a <laughs> speaker? What, I'm trying to I'm, got some of them. I'm, I'm 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 legit drawing a blank on its name. It's infamous <laughs> in the community right now, and I cannot remember. I think life talking about. He got that whirlpool washer and dryer permutation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you get the whatever the hell happened to the Mark V Alpha helmet? Yeah. Like a lot. Of, I don't like the body either myself, but a lot of people do. The helmet though, that's universally hated and for mm-hmm. good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, I would definitely go for the latter as well. Uh, next one, guys, is from Spiteful117. Says, I feel... See, I feel the overall game, if the overall game is more polished on release, unlike a lot of games this generation, and have no microtransactions, I wouldn't mind paying more. That echoes what I think we've all said. I mean, I think, Josh, specifically, you're more accepting of the game and industry costs more, so even if it is a little broken and needs patched, you still think it's fair to charge 70 Is that right? I mean, yeah, and, but, and, and, but, but as an addendum to that, like I think, I think that comes with sort of like an asterisk, because like you, you kind of... Yeah, some games are, are just you can I don't want every development studio to necessarily get like a triple A budget and then mm-hmm. do something with it because that can also like really misalign what would have been a very well structured maybe game is mm-hmm. to something like well now we have this money we don't know necessarily what we want to do let's do let's throw all these balls up in the air and see how many we can catch right whereas some of them you have a more concise way of doing it because they have to work within that budget so like I, I liked I like that the industry's in a place, at least currently, where that some have that, some don't. And I'm not saying I want those people, who the, the little guys that don't. I'm not saying I don't want them to have that. I'm just saying, like, we've seen some games with less budgets be way better than games with so much, so high of budgets. Yep. So I don't mean to go off on a tangent there, Brian, but I, I mean, uh, it's kind Ultimately, of Ultimately, nobody area. wants a broken patch, the game that needs but, patch, right. but I mean, you're just more understanding of development costs than maybe... Yeah, I have a different look at yeah, it. And, yeah, and hey, I'll, I'll say this to in, in regards to that that answer though. Like, it was frustrating for me personally buying MCC physically and having that day one patch. Like, in one sense, that excited me because I'm like, okay, cool. There's this means there were bugs and they're gonna fix it. You know, I don't have to worry about that. But like, buying it physically meant I had to go home, not only install the game, then install that. And thank God that patch on MCC day one killed all the issues. <laughs> That hurts. <laughs> hurts my heart. Uh, I, but yeah, Josh I mean, just doubled over over for you guys listening. <laughs> but yeah, no, I to sum up my answer, I, I yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm sick of that. We kind of got into that with the 360 and PS3 era, but like it started to become a, the norm that games would release with day one patches, and I just I hate that. I know yeah. I know crunch time is is hard, and they they go through so much, man. And they don't get enough credit for the work they do a lot of times, but I just, it sucks to know a game's coming out and it, it just has, you, you hear the patch stuff and, and to me, I don't, I don't, when I hear that, I don't think this game has a patch I got to download or install day one or whatever. I, I, what I hear is this game's not wholly, we, we didn't, we're what you're buying broken without time. the bandaid. Yeah. And not, and not necessarily broken. It's a harsh word, but yes, more or less mm-hmm. that. So I, I'm with that. I get that. Didn't mean to ramble, but here we are. Um, last response is from the Act Man. <laughs> the Act Man. <laughs> Reason I had like to pick that. this one is because his his one sentence got everybody so riled up. It's got six hundred thirty one likes. He says, "What?" He says, "I'd pay seventy dollars for a Halo Infinite gameplay reveal right now." <laughs> Man. So he's like, "That's." I like the enthusiasm. He's like, I don't, an extra ten bucks for a fully released game? Just show me Infinite seventy here. He's saying he'd pay seventy right now just to see to see Infinite a couple a couple weeks early. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Ian? Would you? How do you? Good, bad? Do you, do you agree? Disagree? I am a patient person. I I will I'll wait. Yeah, fair I, enough. I, that, that's not to say I'm not concerned about it. I I I, re- I really wish we, I I feel like we should have gotten a 
we should have seen like a like there should the, there should have been a flighting started back in like December last year. That was one of the best things about Halo Five is they got like almost a year in advance. Let's 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 get this out into players' hands and see and see what changes they want. Ian, Ian uh, go oh, go ahead, Brian. Go I'll first, let you go. Josh. You go first, Brian. You're so nice. Love you so much, man. Uh, Ian, dude. Uh, you know, I remember we we heard a while back. I think after MCC, they said you know every like Halo going forward, we'll have like a beta, a beta yeah. or testing or something like that. Do you at this point where we're at in July now? Do you feel like we're gonna get that with Infinite, or do you feel like they're not gonna do that? Oh, What's I think take? they're still gonna do that. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just I, I worry about what kind of uh, feedback they're gonna be looking for, or uh, realistically be able to implement in, in time the, in the time frame. Yeah. You know, like it, for all we know, rather than being one like we're Halo Five, where it's like we want all this feedback to see how we can actually change the game. This one might be more like, okay, we just need to see how stable it is in a big environment out in the world. Yeah, more like the uh, the the flights for MCC have been currently, where they're more. It's more about stable about stabilization and uh, uh, functionality rather than uh, whether the game whether fans actually get to influence uh, the final product in some manner. Well, sure. I think it's easy to say in hindsight, but if we if we look at it, I think Halo 5 was a specific case. They, they, they were, mm-hmm. I don't think they were ever planning on doing betas that far ahead in, in advance forever, um, but it was with, they, they saw yeah, the reception for Halo 4's multiplayer be so bad that they wanted to do 5's early enough to make, sh- especially when they had such ambitious ideas with the Spartan abilities and the clamber and all that jazz. Yeah. They wanted to make sure hey, if the community is so, so loud about hating something, we can actually completely remove our ad or change uh, by yeah. launch. So, but yeah, it does. I, I mean, still agree with you, Ian. Uh, you really would have thought we would have been doing something by now. Uh, true. Launching, assumedly, November or earlier. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't think anyone really seriously puts out games in December because you've missed the, the Black Friday and the purchasing season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what, was the, what was the thing I was going to ask real quick? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, Ian, you're telling me if Kiki Wolfkill messaged you on Facebook, with, and she's like, she's... Now, hey, if they made the offer, then sure. <laughs> yeah, she's, like, she's like, hey... But I'm not, I, I don't put myself out there. She's like, hey, they come Ian, to me, absolutely. Venmo me 70 bucks. Uh, Microsoft says I can show you a sneak preview. You would be yeah. whopping out that credit card. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, yeah, I get that. But yeah, They need to reach out to me. That's <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So that's why I'm better. You've heard it here first. You have to reach out to Ian for. You have to let him, you know, grace grace you to see your game. You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, this was uh, an awesome discussion. Uh, so glad to have you I here, Ian. Yes, um, dude. We love your content. We love your uh, your participation on Twitter and just in the community. Uh, we see you as a as a positive person. We only want to have people on here that we think uh, make the community better, and there's so many of them. But you're definitely one of them. So, well, thank you very much, especially given some of my recent behavior. You guys have been are absolute. I love everything you guys tweet, even if I don't always agree with everything, like uh, every every opinion. It's like these guys are just out here spreading some positivity, and it feels damn good sometimes, man. I appreciate you have that. actually brought you have guys have you're you're the sacred icon. Twitter account has actually brightened like some dreary days sometimes. So, oh man, legitimately, oh, that's you. awesome to hear. Right, that's really it's awesome. It's right in the feels, man. No, I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, you never, you never know. Do you talk to somebody that says that, and then you're like, okay, it's actually, it's actually a good thing that we're, uh, that yes. we're doing that. So, 
So yeah. please keep it up. Appreciate oh, that. thank you, man. Well, keep up your videos and stuff too, because uh, I, you know, I said this off air, guys, for those listening. But like, if you, I feel like if you're listening to us, you've obviously checked out I'll his stuff. Like, at one I said, point like, here's another, little, like, little sacred icon Halo telling Ian Halo can to keep it up. Like, Ian's <laughs> like, hey, bitch, I've been here for eight years. <laughs> But no, seriously, like, dude, your stuff is super good, and I, I'm saying this on air because I already said it off air, but like, he posted some videos recently, guys, and it was like, for me personally, I used to, I, I was a sucker for video game manuals. Some of his videos are like, I've missed reading that in video form. Yeah, right. So definitely check his his stuff out if you haven't already. Yeah, which you thing, probably have. But the thing I, and I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know what the scene specifically looked like, uh, YouTube related back when you started, Ian, but. Um, I'm somebody who, and it sounds like you're the same way, Ian. I'm somebody who, uh, when I want to talk about deep Halo lore, I, I take it really seriously, like yeah. probably too seriously for something that's fake. So like, yeah. <laughs> and I, if I go on YouTube because I'm like, I want to focus on Halo lore. I want somebody who's gonna get into it with a clear, concise, smart, intelligent voice and and talk about it passionately. What I don't want is like the, and I'm not like calling anybody out, but it's like I don't want to get like. Hey, bros and dudettes, we're going to talk about Halo lore. You know, like, <laughs> that's not the vibe I'm in when I want to get into that stuff. You know, that's maybe that's yeah. more for a different type of video, you know? So you offer, uh, you know... That still sounded cool to me. I kind of, yeah, I kind of just feel like, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> you, and, and there's so many people I can mention, but like, I, you know, I always kind of... And I don't know why I do this. I, I hope you take this as a compliment, but I always kind of group you and Haruspis into the same um, corner. That's a big compliment. Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, or... Uh, that's very flattering to me because I, I I look up to Horospis. Yeah, He's, you guys offer different things, but like you're both super passionate about the lore and have good things to say. And like you know, I know you've been a little uh, hard on yourself about a few you know posts you made made on Twitter, but I mean realistically, like you're to me those are just like a person having an opinion. Um, whereas you know we we've all seen uh, the 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 vitriol that can come from. People who only create a Twitter account to to show their disdain for Halo, uh, yeah. Which it always surprises <laughs> no, I, me when I read those people's Twitters uh, bios, and it's like I'm a huge fan of Halo, been playing it since '01, and then I'm like, everything you posted for literally six months is hatred. You know, it's like it just yeah, it's crazy. So no, Ian. Uh, yeah. In, in addition to what Brian said, uh, dude, like for what it's worth, man, your like love of Halo, even though you don't necessarily come out and just say it, like in the in the the work you do, the videos you do, this the Twitter and everything, like that really conveys itself through how you uh curate your content and your opinions and stuff like that it really comes across actually no, so clearly you. and now that you thank said you very much. now that you said that josh i was thinking about this at work today because i knew we were going to be talking to ian tonight do are you one of the few people that like you set like a time your video comes out to premiere it right like i feel like a lot of some yeah for the most part i feel like a lot of people don't do that these days is that am i wrong I think I think of a lot of people probably do actually. Um, it, I never I've never really discussed it with people, mm-hmm. but like I th- I think at least uh, people that have, uh, people that have been doing YouTube for a long time probably schedule uh, po- schedule videos a lot more and probably even far more in advance than I do. Like I usually schedule things like the most recent video I did, uh, the Halo Covenant Armory. I yeah. rendered that out the very the same morning it premiered and i got it uploaded probably two hours before it premiered okay okay well i guess i guess maybe i'm just referring like back to... in the day i used to i used to just like i'd finish something i'd upload it it'd be like nine o'clock at night and then i'd go to sleep and see how yeah. the video did the next yeah, day. yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that was my mentality it's like push it out when it's done yeah now it's 
render it when it's done, but then let's see if we can kind of hit a sweet spot for when all the everyone in the U.S. and everyone in the U.K. is awake. Totally. No, I guess maybe I was maybe I guess what I meant more was like you, you uh, on social media, you're you're definitely like, hey, I got a video coming that's coming at this time, but I don't know. Get that it just sizzle kinda, going. Yeah, it kind of gets me like, oh, you know, it's like the the premiere, you know, the hype moment, hype it up. You know? Oh, Excited. yes, I like that. That I'm not sure if people do a lot. Uh, I've seen. At the very least, late night gaming has done that with some of his more. Recent yeah, I was videos, thinking of him. A lot of fun. He was because he and I think. No. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt I think you. he Go probably ahead. no, no, and I, I imagine he probably does it for a similar reason to me, and that's just because it's it's the fan engagement. Mm-hmm. It's the or the engagement more accurately with fellow Halo fans yeah. as you like you get to see their live reactions to everything you're doing, and at the same time you get to engage with them and talk with them and. It becomes a conversation. It's more than just here's my here's another video, mm-hmm. guys. Enjoy it. It's here's another video, guys. Let's talk about this stuff now, or you know what? Let's go talk about the recent Mega Bloks leaks or whatever. Yeah, whatever it happens yeah. to be at the time. You want to foster the, the discussion on that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to imagine it just, what this community. It makes it more fun. Yeah, it's hard to imagine what this community would be like if think if if three four three was the only one providing content, like the fans didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. It would just be a whole different ballpark. And I think we've talked about, oh we've gosh. touched on that briefly in prior episodes where, like, the way uh, Bungie, Microsoft, however you want to spin it, um, fostered Halo in the very beginning with allowing things like Red versus Blue to exist. And in uh, HBO forums, the uh, Bungie.HBO forums, like, uh, the way they, they the, the candor and the, the way they went about that in the beginning has fostered what we have now with so many people creating content. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Oh. One last thing. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. One last thing. Ian, uh, for, so for you personally, like having done this as long as you have, haven't been a Halo fan as long as you have, what for you, no wrong answers, what what keeps you interested in Halo? Like what makes you still feel in love with it all this time later? It's uh, the same thing that made me fall in love with it back in 2005, honestly. And it's it's the story primarily and especially now the the community around that story the the lore community mm-hmm. uh that's primarily what keeps me engaged i love like my love for halo is funny enough it's kind of rooted in something in a lot of uh like my love for comics pr- back in the day my love for bionicle in the early 2000s sure, yeah. uh and it, it's the same for the exact same reasons it's i i love a, a well-told story and I love the universe that can be built around that, and mm-hmm. yeah, no, so, absolutely, that's well said. I love that's it. what I, I remember. I played Halo Two first. That was my first experience, and I that was mine as well. That's awesome. That's I kind of I kind of got that in, impression. Um, but when I when I started playing it, and I saw like the Arbiter, you know, on trial with the prophets and getting tortured and the brutes and everything, I didn't have the slightest clue what was going on. Yes, I was like, "What the hell is this? What's going on?" I played Halo One first, and I, w- I still didn't <laughs> See, even know. And the thing was, though, is that it, I was so deeply engaged and intrigued by what was happening, and the story just seemed the story just seemed so next level from any game I had personally played yeah. before that I was completely drawn in. And then me and Josh talked about this before too. You know, even a year, a couple years I mean, after, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of things I even understood about Halo. Still, uh, it just it took. I took me maturing and getting older to go, okay, go back. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, oh, this was, this was the elite that, uh, you know, uh, attacked reach and he failed, you know, or this was, oh, there was actually a ton of arbiters and he's just one of the last ones, you know? Yeah. Um, so lots of, and just the way that Joe Staten told that story and, and just all his ideas were, you know, just crazy good. I loved it. So 
I just got to briefly tell this story because oh, th- because it. I uh, started with Halo Two. By the, I didn't get to play Halo CE until two thousand seven, like oh, right before Halo cool. Halo Three came out. Cool. Oh, and at neat. which point I'd read, I think I'd read Halo: The Flood by that point, so that was my experience. But by the time I went, I went back and played Halo CE. Uh, I went into that game and I I finished the game and I'm like. Where the hell was the Arbiter? I thought he was in this. <laughs> Halo 2 made me think the Arbiter was going to be in here. That's what interesting. What the heck's going on? Huh. It's like, you're the one who destroyed the sacred ring. Oh, you're, the re- you're responsible for its loss. And it's like, you, you hear Arbiter and Halo 2 say, uh, by the time I learned the demon's intent, there was nothing I could do. And I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see that yeah. in the first Halo game. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure you've heard before that... Uh, Original uh, Bungie almost put a profit in Combat Evolved, but it was an elite with a special yeah. hat. That was the idea. Yeah, yeah. Glad it's it, such a funny image to me. Glad it didn't happen yeah. that way. Funny hat. I just picture like a Burger King crown. There's a lot of like really cool things you can look at. Like we had, they, Bungie has like ideas for what they, one thing they wanted to put in one game, and then it gets implemented later. Like the the ODST drop in Halo Two. Originally, it was going to be uh, a first person thing, and you'd be able to look out a window. And then that didn't happen because of technical and time limitations. But then ODST happens, and Joe's like, "Hey, remember that thing we couldn't do in Halo Two? Exactly. Did not know that. That is awesome. Yeah, I think it actually talk, they talk about that in the Halo Two uh, developer commentary. Oh, that's right. It's like okay. the same, the same, almost the same sources where the elite with the hat uh, comes from. I always feel they like, talk about that in Halo. CD. I always feel like ODST is like Joe Staten's baby. Like I just feel like it really is. It feels like it's his game, and I, I'm not. I'm not at all discrediting. You know, there's so many people who worked on that. It wasn't just him, but it just. Well, I I associate like. You know, it's like, because uh, you've seen behind-the-scenes the stuff where it sounds like, despite how great Halo 2's story was, it seemed like there was a lot of people at Bungie that were like, you know, we'd like to, on Halo 3, we'd like Joe Staten to have a little less influence. We'd like to speak up on our own accord a little bit more. So he wasn't there as much for 3. But it kind of felt like they were like, you know, you can go, you like doing story, you go do this little ODST thing. And then, <laughs> and then he went. Sort of. Like- yeah. I don't know if you've ever did you ever read the, the I think it was Vice that put out the 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 oral history of Halo. Yes, I have read that. Yeah, so like yeah, so like there was a falling out there and Joe went off to do yeah, a bunch of story related stuff. It was supposed to be the Halo movie and the whole and what was it? Uh Halo Chronicles with Peter Jackson. Oh yeah. But then all that fell through, so that team came back together and did ODST. He, he worked Joe Staten was wrapped up in Halo Wars as well, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, and that too. Thank you. That was all because that was all about the same time. Uh, he was kind of like overseeing the lore. They made sure it all works together and stuff. Me and Josh always just have felt like Joe Staten's like, like there's so many great people we love from Bungie and 343, but we've always felt like Joe Staten's the guy who would sit on the couch and play Halo co-op with us while eating Doritos. Like he seems like the, yeah. the gamer's man, you know? I don't know. I, I, I get that. But I also feel like Joe would be explaining to us the entire time, like what the design that's, was. That's exactly this. what I'd love. Like, yeah. What was that like quote from uh, Marty about Joe and Halo, the Halo 2 making of? It's like, well, in the early days of the covenant, it's like, so you want it faster? Yeah, we just want it faster. Yep. <laughs> Joe's gonna, like, when Joe's directing his act, the, the voice actors, he gives them like the, the detailed backstory of the covenant and why, yeah. <laughs> yeah. why this, uh, particular artifact is sacred to them. Oh, well, if you go man. back 2,000 years, you see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I love that. I personally love that kind of conversation. Yeah, I remember him saying yeah. in the Halo 1 commentary, and I never knew this until he said it. Now I now I can't watch the scene without knowing it, but he's like, in Halo 1, he's like, the Pillar of Autumn actually never moves. The camera just pans yeah. yep. It's brilliant 
brilliant camera. Yeah, so every time I watch it, I'm like, that thing's not crashing to Halo. It's just a stationary object with a camera. (laughs) Crazy. Um, But uh, we will uh, see you guys on the next Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Uh, Keep it sacred. Peace, guys. Keep it sacred.